Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Amy Brother podcast. It's nice to be back. <laughs> We've just been chatting shit for the last 20 minutes. So. Forgot to press record. We've got to press record. I'm sure Jack's going to add <laughs> loads of this in at the end. So, yeah. Oh. Nice to be back. Nice to see everyone's faces. The sun's out. Everyone's smiling. Everyone's happy. It's nice to be back, isn't it? It's, it's lovely. It's nice to see your faces again. Oh, I mean, I saw you quite recently, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, you did. You were the secret lover in the music video. And this is out now as well, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I was supposed God. to come to that, and I I, I flaked, so I'm sorry. Jack, you, would, you, you would have had to dance, though. <laughs> yeah, you'd have had to dance. Oh, yeah, that, on, that's exactly cam- why I was going to come. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, mate, I can bust the move. I'll do it in front of a camera. Oh, I've never seen you dance. Oh, really? I've never seen you dance. <laughs> For the first video broadcast episode of the podcast I will yeah, I'm going to do a little shuffle yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was me and Andy Faye Black and we what that was the love interest no, yeah we were, we, were the love, we, were, we were the ones flirting. we were just trying about snares for the whole time to be fair um, but no it was uh, it was an experience yeah it was a long shoot as well 10 I mean, hours it was terrible for John basically he just got fed free Jägermeister and had loads of models dancing around him all day oh, honestly, I remember hearing about real it. Hard he, work. he was pretty gassed about the whole thing I honestly it's one of the toughest days I've ever been <laughs> it was um, yeah it was horrible but no welcome Josh Unglued cheers mate how are you doing I'm good glad to be here glad was... to be doing something that's not just sitting in my house yeah yeah feels good <laughs> I mean, sun's out. What more could you want? A uh, room with no windows and, yeah. Yeah. and free men. Light. And artificial lighting. Yeah. Three slightly sweaty men. Yeah, this room's going to smell peak in about two hours. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. I mean, you got a dog now. Surely that's been providing some. Yeah, it has endless entertainment. Yeah, you, and you're quite near the seaside as well. Yeah, we. I went. I've been taking him to the beach in the morning, and um, yeah, it's been proper nice. Yeah, so I mean, it can't be all bad, man. We've nah. just been we've been sat in boxes in London, just. Yeah, doing the grind, so can't be that bad. Nah, it's not that bad. Yeah, how is Stanley? I miss him. My, my, ne- <laughs> Stanley my, nep- misses my you. nephew, man. Yeah, your godson. Yeah. <laughs> when did you meet him? He came to the video shoot, man. Yeah, oh, he, sick. He had a cameo in the video shoot. You know what as well, yeah? I have to say, for a dog so young, he literally just chipped, like, it was a 10-hour shoot. He just sat on the side, just behaved himself, like, literally the whole time. Yeah. No drama. He's sick. pretty good. Well, Very... when there's stuff going on, he's good. Like, yeah. when, if he's like, nothing's going on, you're at home, he's a little shit. <laughs> so someone to sort of like choose shit and fucking eat something. He needs like constant stimulation. Yeah, standard. Yeah. yeah, he enjoyed the models as much as I did. <laughs> and now uh, Josh took one photo of me, which I was like, I'm definitely putting that on my hinge profile immediately. Stanley's like kind of snowed up to me. I was like, Yes, Stanley. He, get, he gets the vibes. He absolutely <laughs> ultimate wingman. Oh, you're bro- you can't do any better than that, can you? Really? You're a puppy, mate. Come on. It's like that's a cheat code. <laughs> good um, so yeah man it's going to be a big month for you I think I'm assuming this is going to come out around the time your album comes out so I'm mad yeah so um, I think 24th or something like that of, I of like, June I feel like you got that wrong for some reason or 25th the, of it, June it will no doubt I'm sure be the last Friday of the month yeah the Friday yeah, it's, it's the, the Friday after like the 21st of June yeah freedom freedom Friday freedom yeah maybe yeah. hopefully I mean, let's, let's, let's keep it positive, man. We didn't even plan it. Like, yeah, it should be pretty cool. We just like picked a date and then they were like, yeah, 21st of June is uh, when everything's going to go back to normal. I was like, sick. That's the week <laughs> of my album release. Kind of perfect. Yeah, mm. hopefully. And then obviously we've got the album launch a month later as well, which is going to be... Yeah, that that's, should be fun. That's, that's looking vibes. That's going to pop off. That's, that's going to be madness. We're all on it as well. This is yeah. quite nice because we're all on that lineup as well. It's like the first time we can talk about an event all together. It's like, yeah, it's going to be Yeah, sick. we've actually all... There's like... 
we got the politics aside. Yeah. There was, there was, <laughs> oh, there was mad oh, politics. We're going straight with that. Oh, it's, it's one one thing I can't moan about. So, yeah, it's, it's a success. <laughs> we're going straight with the, with the label politics shit. <laughs> <laughs> the less said about that, the better. Um, so, uh, free, free, free eight for anyone interested. Yeah, studio That's free, free eight. July yeah. the 24th. 20, you see, Rich, Rich knows. Come on, bro. Look at, look at this. I told you about my diary a second ago. Oh, well, you had your pinky <laughs> finger out there as well. <laughs> Ultimate sophistication. Flexing a Moretti yeah. with a pinky finger whilst telling you my calendar concisely. Yeah, Rich was, Rich was just doing that thing that everyone hates, but you know, like when someone's got more bookings than you, then just list out every book and like, oh, yeah, I've got this book in, that book in. Basically, everyone wants me. And then in reality, I did just tell you how many I had in July. And it, the purpose of that was because if they move the date yeah, a month you're back, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you can play it how you want to John it's fine yeah. ain't no rent getting paid that month no <laughs> but yeah man debut album it's, it's a huge one cheers mate yeah I've been working on it for like three years probably some of the tunes on there like yeah. older than three years but I mean I haven't been like constantly working on a tune every day of my life for three mm. years but like I mean I feel like you kind of I feel like you kind of do though man I'm not going to lie I know you said you made music for a while recently but like there was a, mo- a period where you were sending me like Three to four tunes a week. Yeah, and I and you just stopped replying to me. You're like, I'm not, I'm, I can't keep up. Like, I'm actually, just not listening to you anymore. I actually don't have the time to do all these tunes. It was mad. Yeah, because I thought I remember, I remember me and you had a conversation like a little while, like maybe like I want to say like eighteen months ago, where you felt like your album was done at that point as well. Um. Yeah, kind of. Well, like I had it done. I've had it done for quite a while now because it was mm. meant to be released in April, and I was just like. That was like the middle of the second lockdown that was just like zero vibes. And I was like, nah, You're I don't dead. really want to do that. Yeah, releasing an album in lockdowns is <laughs> <laughs> not the one. Yours, yours seemed to do quite well last year, though. Yeah, because we make like soft music, you know what I mean? <laughs> we make like, we make playlist music basically, so it's all good. I, I think at that point as well, like you would have had to postpone it like a year. By like, more, like <laughs> yeah, more, more yeah, than yeah a year. it would have yeah. been like 18 Probably months. Probably a little bit long to wait. Like. And then at that point, we would have hated it and just scrapped it anyway. So yeah, nah, it was, it was a now and never moment. But yeah, man, Interpla- Interplanetary Radio. I love what you've done with the promo as well, the whole like hotline thing. I mean, oh, yeah, see, yeah. You get that. It's <laughs> yeah, I see that, yeah. yeah. The artwork's sick as well. Oh, cheers, man. Yeah, yeah, I worked on that with Fry, Josh Fry. Yeah, you've always, been, you've always been big on the like visual aspect, haven't you, man? Like, all yeah, of your... I'm really picky about it. I don't know why. I just like, most things I'm not that bothered about in terms of like promo and shit like that, but mm. I don't know, just like the music and the artwork, like the visuals has to be like on point and then all the other stuff, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I'll just yeah. go with the flow. Is yellow your favourite colour? Yellow's just my branding, mate. Yeah, yeah, but I just wondered if it was your favourite colour as well, <laughs> it? It is now, it, yeah. It's, it's got to be... It is off, off mic, that's, I'll tell you. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's the PR response, mic, yeah. Definitely yellow. Yeah, yellow, definitely. <laughs> yeah, no, it's sick. It's I, good. I, it's I started good actually buying clothes that are yellow just so I'm like on brand. Like, I'm not even joking. Like, I, bought an, I bought an Arsenal shirt the other day because I was like, oh, it's yellow and black. To be black, fair, so that, that shirt is bagging there as well. Yeah, I do like that one <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah, now nah, shame about the team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but you, bought the, you bought the old school, the Bruce Banana one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we were good. Yeah, yeah, back yeah. In, back in the nineties. Yeah, that, that, that one was a flex as well. To be fair. Yeah, so it's all good. But yeah, outside the Tottenham crew listening, I totally, yeah, <laughs> I, I totally agree with what you said though. I think like when you when you create some when you create like a piece of music, like it's meant it's got a message and a story and all that. So yeah, the visuals have to represent that, right? Yeah. So I think it's it's hugely important. I know you guys are. Yeah, me and Harry like really, really, really care. Yeah, really. I know there's some people that are just like, oh yeah, like as long as it looks cool kind of thing. But me and Harry, like, it, there's always like a tie-in and a link specifically to the artwork that we'd like 
we have it in mind almost when we start writing projects. Mm. Yeah. No, I just think it's important. Like, I'm trying to build up a brand as well, like aesthetic. So like you seize a, something and it's like, that is an unglued release. So you don't yeah. even mm. need to have my logo on it or whatever. You can just tell by looking yeah. at it. I think all the best, all the best labels, all the best like artists have that as well. It carries through. Like even, yeah, like you said, regards to having a logo on there. So it's an important thing. It, it sort of mirrors with the music as well, right? You wouldn't be able to hear a tune without knowing what tune it is, but know who it's by. Yeah. Some of the time, all of the time, but yeah, a lot of the time. If you go onto your Spotify and go discography, it's, it looks, it looks like tight. Like mm. it just does. It all like ties in. Like, yeah, it's, it's a nice, nice, consistent aesthetic. Yeah, I rate it. I think the visual stuff is already getting there, like much like the Audible stuff is. Like you hear a, an unglued tune, you're like, oh, yeah, that's very obviously an unglued tune. It's mate, hard to imitate. He's the same, 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 same snare in every tune, doesn't he, mate? That's why. <laughs> same snare since day. Shots fired. It's, it's a bit early for that. Uh, well, the thing is, the out, thing is, man. I know Josh is. I know he's got doubt on me. So <laughs> I, I know it's coming. I know it's coming. So I was like, let me just get that first jab in there early. Yeah. Before I get absolutely laid Before you out. get a sucker punch, mate. When yeah. the sun and bass chat starts, that's why I'm just leaving the room, bro. Yeah. So next oh, question, yeah. sun and bass. That's not the next question. <laughs> To be fair, I've got a few to add to the song. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I actually want to talk about music, guys, if that's all right. Uh, no. Yeah, mostly. <laughs> so one of the, I mean, one of the big things that obviously I think all of the music kind of conveys is the whole like 90s jungles influence. Like, where did that come from? Talk to us about that one, because I think it's a big part of your story, right? Yeah, so like, uh, uh, all right, from the very, very beginning, first time I ever heard drum bass, I went fishing with my, my dad and my uncle and um, he like, he, I used to go in his tent and be like, Dad, why does Anton's tent smell funny? Because he used to just hotbox his tent. <laughs> so I used to just go in his tent and like he'd, it'd be fucking smoky. I was like, didn't have a clue what was going on. And then, yeah, he showed me like um, some drum and bass on like a mini disc player. And I was like, geez, what the hell is this music? And then, yeah, just kind of got into it from there. I used to go around his house and like um, he taught me how to mix on 1210s. And I kind of just like that developed my love for for drum and bass and like jungle mm. and he kind of was like drip feeding me like hardcore and jungle tunes and at the beginning I was like nah it's just shit mate I just like pendulum <laughs> and then obviously like as you get older and your taste matures like I kind of appreciated the things he was showing me a bit more mm. um, and yeah I think that's kind of I just listened to loads of old stuff loads of new stuff and I think like when you produce subconsciously it's just all of your musical tastes kind of just get like squished together into mm. whatever you end up making because it's yeah. not like conscious decision is it it's just like all your little subconscious decisions making shit mate I remember um, I was just going back a few years now like when we played Room 3 for Solvent at um, Gang Gang Ministry of Sound yeah and you brought Anton down. That was the first time oh, I met yeah, him. Yeah, do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. That yeah, you guys were playing like, in the room three. Like the little tiny box room. Yeah, yeah, That was like before like any, like I hadn't even really made drum and bass. Nah, thing. this is like probably just out of uni. We'd just probably done our first race on Sylvan. Yeah. And yeah, we had that. Was it a hospital event that was there maybe? Was, uh, yeah, was it? No, it was a Dolby Atmos thing. Yeah, that was but it. Yeah, 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 it was yeah. hospital. We're in room one and yeah. Fabio room two. That was it. Hugh was there. Yeah, I remember Hugh playing as well. Oh, we were all so young then. Yeah. Fresh that was fun then. then. Some yeah, of you were I, young then. Good night. I was probably still old. Yeah, I know. You were definitely still in the 30s. Um, <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah, Anton's a G, man. Yeah, I remember met him there. He seems like a proper sound guy, yeah. Yeah, he's really nice. He's yeah. proper chilled. I owe him a lot, like, how, all the stuff that he taught me. Mm. You're you're a, um, like, a byproduct of that is you're a bit of a vinyl guy, right? Yeah, but I just, um, I only bought CDJs, like, not that long ago. Just, like, mm. XDJs. Um, 
and I don't even mix them on my girlfriend mixes on them I don't even use them <laughs> you use vinyl yeah I just don't sick I don't mix at home that much like at all I just don't like, yeah, I'm not, I'm practice I don't know I've practiced shit loads over the years it's like riding a bike isn't it like if you yeah. can mix vinyl like I can fucking mix on the whole bag K on fucking CDJ <laughs> <laughs> real talk like, yeah. there's, there's a reason why I've started DJing again on CDJs I mean Degs can DJ background. for fuck's sake yeah that is, to be fair that is that's actually a massive indicator how easy it is isn't it? <laughs> so it, well, just generally I think just people just pick it up so quickly these days yeah. isn't it? you have to have a lot more dedication back in the day I, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think when the world's open and normal like yeah when you're on the circuit you're kind of playing like every week and every other weekend you definitely don't need to like mix oh up. mate nah. I'm so glad that we don't have to fucking mix on vinyl all around the world yeah. like fuck oh, yeah. that imagine being like oh yeah let's go to Austria for fucking 20 kg kg <laughs> kilo mate I've been, I've been talking about doing a vinyl set for fucking years I've been itching to do it I've been so keen but then when when push comes to shove it's like where the fuck am I willing to take a, ca- a, a bag of records yeah it's alright in like I did show a vinyl show in, in London no, but then like there's there's only but do you see I pussy out I make excuses because I don't want to lug it nowhere, bro. I, like, I had a feeling that was going to happen. That's why I just no, threw like, one at you. That was it's like the, super it's the pressure. It's also the pressure. Like I, oh, it's massive pressure. I, I've never mixed in a club on vinyl, but I've but that was just what I knew back in the day. But like mm. like yourself, I've not had. To, I don't mix at home. Yeah, because I enough I learned to clubs. mix. Like I earned the ropes of RK Bass is like a record shop in London and Leanne the woman that owns it got me like my first ever bookings which is like playing room 2 in like um, Arch it's not is it Arch now yeah Arch it used to be digital in Brighton in Brighton yeah yeah, 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 yeah I know yeah, it yeah, yeah. Yeah, I used to. There was like room two in there. They do like a, a little vinyl room. And that was where like my first ever is that club. Sam Simply Vinyl used to do that one um, or not. I don't know. It's just and it was just RK base. It was like the room, okay, room two, and yeah, that. So I like learned to mix in a club on vinyl, and then wow, when it came to CDJs, I was like, shit, man, this is a lot easier, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing jumping, yeah, literally. Yeah. I think that's interesting because like when we have like older guests on, like a lot of them will totally talk about it the same way you do, but it's funny because you're so young, and it's like you're. I, was, I think not thing like most G- DJs from our generation below. Don't have that like sort of grounding. I would, I would say. Anyway, how how old are you, Josh? Twenty-seven. Yeah, it's, well, maybe yeah, just so. maybe just on the edge of it. But you get my point. Most, uh, yeah, no, I do, yeah. I do agree with you. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It's an interesting one, but like I, I rate that. And there, there are other people that have gone back. You know, even like Benny L's a good example. I remember like interviewing him on Rinse, and um, you know, he was very like well educated in in the realms of like jungle like more so than me you know and mm-hmm. he's he's pretty young as well and it probably similar age to yourself I'd imagine yeah I went around his studio he's got like six up yeah like, loads of records like yeah, yeah and it's like he knows his shit yeah I think you know if you've got a, like a genuine interest in it and you're willing to do the research it's it doesn't you know it just it's kind of naturally evolved and it like you said it was just yeah. something that just happened for you really well like nowadays if anyone wants to learn about like the history of jungle like just go on discogs <laughs> yeah. do you know yeah, what I mean like the internet's much. mad nowadays you can just f- learn everything if you want to fast forward and so obviously you had that jungle sort of upbringing and he became a house producer. Yeah, then we were... like Josh Brown sounds, we were, yeah. Come on. I remember them good ideas. I went to uni what with... What was the uh, label called? This Ain't, this ain't Bristol, this wasn't ain't it? Bristol, yeah, that was yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I went to uni. That's how I actually met Galaxy. Yeah. Um, yeah, me and Tom used to play loads of like little shit clubs in Leicester. 
like on the top floor when like four people would walk up there and be like, the fuck is this? Right, let's go to Mac downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> and, what was um, that club called? XY, wasn't it? Yeah. One of like four floors. I remember me and Tommy yeah. used to do a night there. Yeah, it was, I think you probably did the year after I left and that me and Tommy used to play a night there. And it was like, yeah, four floors, like mainstream, like the hip hop room. And then like, they'd have like, yeah, the top floor was kind of like just everything else. And it was like, the guy, the promoter say, yeah, just, you know, play some, play some house, play some drum and bass, some garage, whatever. And like, I remember the first two weeks it was absolutely popping off because it was a brand new club everyone was there and then pretty soon after that it was like you said like someone accidentally walked up there and was just yeah, like Yeah and it just basic bitches <laughs> yeah. basic bitches and tiny sh- like tiny skirts and yeah, yeah. stilettos coming up like oh god what's this? <laughs> <laughs> Classic yeah. uni vibes yeah. well commercial club uni vibes anyway Yeah so what was the kind of like what was the switch man because you were just talking about you know being such a jungle head and then you suddenly started making it. I mean, to be fair, your house music was... Well, it was just that I couldn't make drum and bass because yeah. it's quite hard to make drum and bass and I was still learning how to produce. So, like, I could make D&B up to, like, a very, very bad standard mm. but I could make house, like, an okay standard because it's easier to make house. Sorry, all house producers, but it actually is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, our one house listener is screwing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, I've, a lot... And Well, I've, I saw someone tweet the other day, man, like... It was like a house producer was like, it's funny because like every time a drum and bass producer like changes genre, they'll just make it better than everyone in that same genre. I do think there's a technical level of drum and bass above a lot of other genres. I'm not going to say every genre, but like there's definitely like a, a standing. I think there's an in. intricacy to the music and the yeah. genre as a whole. Yeah. That it drives and strives, makes people strive to kind of want to implement the same kind of intricacy and detail in other musics when they, other music genres when they make it. Yeah. And it's very innovative. I think like house can get very repetitive mm. and people just try and sound like the same as every other house tune. Whereas like, I think drum and bass constantly is like striving to innovate and do something new. Like mm. people always want to hear the, the freshest shit, like the newest sounds. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. I totally agree. I don't think it's a, there's a lot of people that try and argue that that's an unfair statement to make, but I don't think it is. I think there's I genuine think... reasons why that makes sense. Nah, like, listen, I love other genres, but yeah. like just from a technical perspective, yeah. I do believe that like making drum and bass sets you up pretty well to make most other electronic drummers. I think. I agree. Yeah. What's your Tropical House alias again? (laughs) (laughs) Listen, University of Leicester was an interesting time for all of us. We're all all experimenting. Like me and Tom. Oh, wait, this wasn't a joke. This was a middle man. I was making awful music. I mean, yeah, you know, that's like me and Tom, man. Like you said, that's how me, Tom, and Josh met. Yeah, that's how we met. And that, that, oh, yeah, segue back into that. And that's how um, everything like got started. We used to like, we just like worked our way up through the terrible clubs in Leicester into the slightly less terrible clubs in Leicester into like the O2 Academy. We're doing like the big student nights and then we got onto like the main stage and then, um, yeah, we just kind of was the, all was, stayed in contact. What was the promoter? Beast Wang, wasn't it? Nico. Beast Wang. Now, yeah. You know what? Yeah, shout out to Nico because like the one, that was the one person on the one promoter that was doing, you probably, have you not heard of them? I've played a couple times in Leicester and they yeah. were they were but they were like student union gigs, I think. Yeah, One time I turned up, um, no disrespect to whoever it was promoting the show, but it was fucking hilarious when I think it was I think I was dinner with Stone from Guest, obviously Gera and Stone. And I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it was him. And it was like the monitors were like two five-inch KRKs. <laughs> Mate, that is a classic. That sounds like Leicester, bro. That, that sounds like classic. Leicester. Oh, man. And I just remember like, uh, even I was pissed off. <laughs> I had like a normal monitor, I think. It was like, fucking hell, this, the tables have turned. But um, yeah, that, that's a madness, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> like, no, that I mean... Beast Wang were sick, though. They yeah. were the, uh, the I, I only good them. night 
in yeah. in Leicester. Like only good underground apart from overground sessions that started up a bit later on. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, shout out Ollie and shout that. Out Ollie. <laughs> yeah, come on. Overground <laughs> sessions, I forgot about that. Guy that yeah. never put me on a flyer because for some reason he hated me. <laughs> what, but you've been playing the night. <laughs> yeah. I play the night, he just never put me on the flyer. <laughs> now look at Liberty. me. Yeah, <laughs> look at me. What was his name? Shout him out. Ollie. Hold tight, Ollie. Yeah. Uh, Dickhead. <laughs> Mate, those were good times though, man. But yeah, that Beast Wang was like, they're actually they're, they're continuing to grow, man. They're they're putting on like a, a show of Andy C and that I saw like at some point in the summer. Yeah, Chester. they booked me not that long ago yeah. um in Leicester and I was like, fucking hell man. Like they'd come a long way. Like, yeah, it, was yeah. a, it was a big cap and I was like, wow. You guys are killing it. I yeah. feel like you need a reunion show. Mate, like, to you, be honest, you, you two. We could DBE as well. Yeah, DBE. Have you played DBE? Yet? I haven't, I haven't uh, played DBE. Mate, we played DBE last, the summer before, obviously, it all got locked off. And it was actually mad, like, going back. It was like Miley Ling were playing and, like, uh, one man, I think, and we were If playing. you've never felt like a beta male, just yeah. go to just go, just go to Loughborough Uni. Uni. It's like a sports university. <laughs> like they only do sports, yeah, and you yeah. just go in. You're like, oh, I'm so inferior to everybody here. Like, every, it's like, I fit right Everyone's like six foot five, five and fucking juiced to the gills. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a mad, it's a mad uni. Mm. Yeah, they used to, they used to run this like called DB. You might have heard of DB, probably. I don't know. It's a yeah, quite a big, it's quite maybe. a big promotion. And like, yeah, they book like really big lineups for like um, for Loughborough Uni. And we used to go. So we used to get like a. We were part of the DJ site, weren't we? Yeah. Leicester Bass Society. Leicester Bass Society. You two are so cool, the man. Bass. <laughs> the Bass. If I didn't know nah. before, like, honestly, this has just reaffirmed how cool you two really are. <laughs> Bro, it was the biggest, though. Like we said, because there was no scene in Leicester yet, it was actually quite nice to get, like, some like-minded people together. Yeah, you had to oh, make, no, you had to make your own yeah. scene because yeah. there wasn't one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking the piss, man. Who gives a fuck? Like, at the end of the day, if you're interested in music and you meet like-minded people, like, it's obviously a I mean, thing, when like. I started at Leicester, John, John first, uh, like, pretty, like, well-known yeah. DJ. He was the head of the DJ site like when I started. You still speak to him? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, yeah. He's, he's, he's a good friend, man. Like, yeah, he um, he was Leicester as well, like a couple of years before you would have started. Like, yeah, that's weird. Like, how many like, people have come through that uni who are like associated to music in some way or another with a scene that just didn't rep like underground music at all? Yeah, there was no scene there. Yeah. Yeah, I think you remember you saying last episode that he was the guy that taught you how to DJ. Yeah. I might he, have got that wrong, but. Nah, he, like, he definitely leveled me up as a DJ for sure. Yeah, sick guy. So, yeah, Leicester came and went. You were doing physics, right? Yeah, I did astrophysics. Look at you two, fucking scientist crew. Over right, with us. Scientist crew. Us, yeah, you should us. be making drugs on the slide and shotting them in rage. Chemist and physicist. Side eye from John there. Like, nah, me, don't Josh, bait me up, don't bait me up. I reckon, yeah, that was a university challenge for D&B, yeah. Put me, Josh and Tom on the team, bruv. You've got chemists, astrophysicists and the biochemists. Coming. Yeah, so we all we know science questions, not and nothing else. Comes <laughs> we don't know anything we come through, else. We just come through for the science round. Just smash it. <laughs> Oh, a perfect representation of the roots of drum and bass right there. Yeah, right, we're, we're absolutely <laughs> Making d is a science, though. Exactly. Like, you've got to be a nerd to want to sit in front of a fucking computer and, like, twiddle fucking, oh, yes, this snare needs 307 hertz. <laughs> yeah, I think even in, like, back in the day, that was, you know, a, a factor, wasn't it, yeah. really? Even if you look at a lot of the old school producers, know, they, they, they all had a slight like, nerdy element to them. Some some <laughs> raw heads, obviously, it was just like, fuck it. Yeah. I'm just going to make some bullshit, you know, big sound in hardware, you know, esque music, but there's still loads of geeky people like Ed Rush and Optical. Like, there's definitely some geeky shit going on there, weren't there? Like, with what what they came out with, it's mental. Yeah, I Levels. think. Yeah, I think um, from a producer's perspective, a DJ perspective, I think they got they're a lot cooler. Fabio, come on, bro. 
Fabio the Nights, bro. There's dreadlocks in that. I mean, yeah. you, you couldn't get cool in that. Do you know what I mean? Goldie. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It, it was just. Um, I think my point was just, just obviously. I was I was playing that sort of devil's advocate card of the fact that it used to be a lot more like urban and cool as yeah. you so rightfully oh, said but yeah, yeah. I don't actually you know I'm just taking the piss because I don't generally think that's the case I think everything evolves like naturally in one way or the other and you know where some people might look at that as a negative at the same time there's loads of positives that have come from it as long, as long as we maintain a level of multi-culture I think that's the only thing that kind of pisses me off a bit more now I would like to see a bit more multi-culture but I think there's a lot of people are drawn in towards grime these days because grime didn't really exist back in the old school drum and bass days, no, did it really? Not. It was garage and drum. And I think a lot of people did head down the grime route, maybe. A lot of people from like, you know, urban origin, effectively. So this is uh, Rich's first speech of the podcast. There'll be, there'll be many more Rich uh, monologues. That's what I was looking you for. You wait till we get back on the dinosaur chat, chat mate. I'm, yes. I'm, 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 I'm having your stegosaurus up, mate. Man's yeah. got the facts. I've, I've re-listened to that episode multiple times now, and you, the two of you are so delusional. Firstly, just no, 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 just firstly, right? Okay. I want to firstly say, John, you're a fucking penis. I've done, I've looked this up, yeah. <laughs> firstly, right? A Diplodocus would fuck no, all uh, of them dinosaurs up. Oh, all of them. Dokus. All right? What? So you no, are wrong. No, 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 no. It was a Brontosaurus. Bro. Brontosaurus, that was it. I'm sorry, I got, I got my up. name wrong there. So I did yeah, actually go away and do this, right? So a Brontosaurus is, is three times the weight of a Stegosaurus yeah, getting huge. fucked up and it's almost three times the length and it's also nicknamed Thunder Lizard. And so also, can I also what just point the, out what was the dinosaur that, that was all spiky and it was short Stegosaurus. and spiky no, and it's got a big, no, it's got it's a big ball on its tail oh, no, what's oh, that? Yeah. and it's spiky and shit. So I was going to ask. It's like a glorified turtle. Before we go to Mad, <laughs> mad Ran, I do want to know Josh, what is your favourite dinosaur and which yeah, dinosaur yeah. would win in a fight? I mean, I've, I've never really had sat down and thought No, you will now you now you now you are with the ball and it's I don't know the names, bro. <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to say uh, my favourite dinosaur is probably the one that survived and, and, and spawned all of the birds. Because birds. birds all came from dinosaurs and so reptiles sort of all came from dinosaurs. Some sort of that pterodactyls died. There's only three things in history that have ever had powered flight. Insect, birds and pterodactyl. Yeah. Pterodactyls died. That okay. is mad. So, but something that evolved from that effectively. Why, why yeah, because all birds crocodile? came from dinosaurs. And also, you know, most crocodile dinosaurs survived. actually had feathers, not scales. Yeah. yeah but he wants something mad. that flies, Joe. Oh, yeah. yeah. Crocodiles don't I thought it was just more about the survival side of things. Like, crocodiles fucking are dinosaurs and survived. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and still exist. Komodo dragons, well, they're all dinosaurs, really. No, Komodo dragons, that's like a re, like long term, big scale things like here. I think that's a recent thing in evolutionary history. Mad. That's that they well, came post dinosaur. I didn't answer mine last time, and mine's an Allosaurus. Oh, you, just no, that's cheating, bruv, because you had time to do research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I couldn't think of what it was, and then I did go away and do it. And yeah, yeah. facts Stegosaurus getting fucked up by but a Brontosaurus. Just, <laughs> just before we jump off, right? And again, the Stegosaurus, I got another thing. You're Is talking this about actually making a cut. Stegosaurus, you were I didn't realise you had such an avid dinosaur <laughs> fucking fan. We base. do now. We do now. My man just kept saying the word Stegosaurus is Ramp, they can ramp, though, innit? But like, next you, time, next time you host, you need to have some dinosaur bars. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we can come with that. Dino bars. We can, we can dino bars. <laughs> but you were saying that Stegosaurus has spikes on its back. It's not. They're like plates. And that it, is true. It was, spikes on the end of like its tail. The same way that camels have humps. It was the same for like I believe it was like to retain 
moisture and Listen, nutrition. It, nutrition. It looks like weaponry to me, so it's weaponry. Isn't it? No, 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 it's not. I agree. The one it's that, a flap. The one, that, the one that Josh was talking about, though, with the actual like spiked tail. Yeah, it's got like a ball with spikes. Yeah, yeah. And it's like high shelled, and it's like they're like short and stumpy, innit? They're tiny, though. That's the thing, innit? Fucking with a chain. I'm a mace on his back. I want to make one thing clear. I'm not denying the rampability because there is clearly some rampability there. However, like when it just comes to sure weight, it's just like if it wants to fuck it up, it can. Yeah, Brontosaurus will just step on your thing, bruv. Squish. Funny, the beautiful thing about this is we'll never know. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that's what you said last. No, time, I don't know, it? man. If we we'll duct tape, uh, <laughs> nah, nah, I'm gonna call it here, man. Like, just you, you ain't right, you ain't wrong. They have got some dinosaur DNA though, don't they? So, like, you could technically yeah. is that the plot create Jurassic Park it up? Yeah. yeah, like you technically could, but you'd create like a clone of a dinosaur that because obviously they died, and you've got the DNA of them just as they died, so. They were sort of obviously something wrong with them. Weak bitches. So yeah, so you would have <laughs> like you're gonna create a clone with the DNA of something that was about to die. Yeah, so it wasn't meant to survive in this good. world. Yeah, yeah. 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 So you'd yeah. be born straight away and probably just die instantly anyway. And also it would be old. Because like if you take the DNA of you yeah. and put it into a baby, it would be born as a baby, but its DNA is already like 30 years so old. So it's be a bad boy DJ straight away. Yeah. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> and, a, and a prick. He's <laughs> <laughs> got your number. Got him. <laughs> Um, all right, so university, man. <laughs> that's, well, enough, that's enough dinosaur so chats. One thing, the one thing I did episode. actually want to ask on that one, because I thought about this myself the other day, like, so let's say your second year at Leicester, 2013, wherever it was. Did you imagine at that point, yeah, your job would be spinning records to a bunch of 19-year-old cat zombies? No, because, yeah, that's totally mental. I, but to be honest, I didn't even, I didn't really think about my future too much about when I was in second year of uni. I was kind of just cracking on. With, I just take every day as it comes. Like, I don't really plan that much ever. <laughs> like, I'm just like, yep, cool. So to, what am I doing tomorrow? That's yeah. about as far ahead as I think. Yeah. I know you bought a house, so I don't know how true that is. Well, yeah, that was just saving money though, isn't it? That's just, that's just being <laughs> that's, that's, stingy as fuck. Your, yeah. a, your agent must love you off the back of that as well. <laughs> what am I doing tomorrow? you got a fucking gig, Josh. <laughs> you meant to be in fucking New Zealand. You checked in for your flight, you fucking idiot. <laughs> but no, I didn't, I didn't ever think that I was going to be like, it was going to... Yeah, anything was going to happen. Like, music was just what I did because I enjoyed it. I just liked making tunes because it was fun mm. and I liked DJing, but it was never like to a lot of people. It was always just, um, yeah, like, was there it like was like a, a hobby. Was there like a, or at any point, was there like a conversation with your mum and dad like, by the way, I know I did a whole degree in physics and I'm a teacher <laughs> in that, but I'm actually going to go be a DJ? No, I just kind of like, I think they were always like, so when are you going to get a real job? Yeah, that's like, it, man. The, the whole yeah. real job thing. Yeah. But then, yeah, like, I think that at first, maybe they were a bit disappointed because they don't didn't really understand, like, I don't know, it's hard for the generation above us to, un to kind of contemplate because all they've ever known is nine to five. If you're not doing that, it's not a real job yeah. and you're mm -hmm. not earning any money. So, like, whereas nowadays, <coughs> like, you can you can make so much money doing other things Like you can always, you can hustle and do basically whatever. I mean, people fucking sell videos of them farting on the internet and make money nowadays. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, it's true. You can fucking sell anything. Wait, people they call, buy wait, anything. They call, hang on, they call jump up DJs, bro. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, 
Wow, cancellation. Oh, you just shit. lost yourself a few fucking <laughs> <laughs> <My> following <laughs> accounts going down. <laughs> that was John Campbell <laughs> from Galaxy. The address is. You're just looking for the uh, the fog the foghorn question segue there. Yeah, right? that, that, you know, I'm, just, I'm just being a good podcaster, you know what I mean? Like just asking the big questions. I think um I agree with uh, what you said to a certain extent, because obviously the modern day is like a madness with YouTube and stuff like that. But um, I think as well as that, maybe what you're getting at is, you know, creativity. You saw musicians as like rock artists and stuff like back in the day that would like, you know, make a living and do really well out of it. Art, art, art's always been a thing. But I think as things have, as civilization has progressed, more and more people have moved into the creative fields. And there has been a sort of like, influx of more and more like, you know, creative outlets or, you know, just anything creative basically. And I think that is maybe what, I don't know, maybe the older generation do struggle to, I I was quite lucky Like my old man, like he was just banging to music and he's just supported me the whole way through. He he fucking loves it. Like he, I send him music, like he's just fully involved, but I can see what you mean, man. So it can can be quite difficult at times, isn't it? But like you said, if it's something you love, you just... You just crack on and do it, really, don't you? Yeah, and I th- think he got it, like, he was just worried that, uh, like, my dad and my mum was just worried that, like, um, I wasn't making the right decision for, like, for me yeah. long term, do you know what I mean? Which is fair Because they want it? you to be stable and they want you to be secure yeah. and all that kind of shit. But I think when they realised, like, I was actually really enjoying what I was doing and I was making money, they were like, oh, shit, okay, yeah, it's I think actually all right. There's definitely, like, a weird generational thing where, like, our parents, for example, if they walked into somebody's bedroom and they had like a full kind of computer set up in the corner on like this desk and whatever, they'd go, they're probably just sitting around playing games all the time. Whereas if we walk into a friend's bedroom and they've got like a whole, you just naturally assume that that's where like their home office space, where they run their fucking whatever company or their record label, they make their tunes or they stream from. Like, yeah, (laughs) because we're aware of all the many different ways that a single computer in the corner of a room can earn you money now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think everyone's opened their eyes to that though in the last like two years with with COVID. Like, I think so many people's eyes have been opened to like the internet and like how much more opportunities there are like for example here's, there was like some comedian some old as fuck comedian he was on the news or fucking some sort of shitty chat show and he was like 60 and he was like yeah I've uh, just launched my Twitch channel and I was like bro you're like fucking 60 and you're like, Twitch like what the fuck it's bad though I think yeah no like lockdown has pushed a lot of, like my dad for example barely could like use the fucking microwave prior to lockdown but like <laughs> now he can he can turn on the smart TV open up YouTube and he can like f- subscribe to channels and that sort of stuff. like he watches YouTube content on a daily basis now he can get that up on his phone he can find yeah. order things on the internet he never used to do that because he was reliant on me and my brothers to do it for him yeah, yeah, now yeah. we're all gone like he ain't <laughs> he's, he's sat at home and no one to ask it's yeah. also um, opened my eyes as well to how like I think it's quite important to be making content outside. Like, I don't know, I used to just make music and just be proper, like, fucking fundamentalist. Like, I just make music and I just play gigs and that's all I do. I don't yeah. do any of this other bullshit. Yeah. Which was really cool when you could do gigs, but now <laughs> yeah, I kind of realised, like, you need to make some sort of other content. Like, music is good, but, like, we're in, a, in like the age of someone just going, like, oh, here's a song that you spent uh, 300 fucking hours mixing down oh yeah I just scrolled straight past it do you know what I mean yeah, like it wasn't yeah, interesting yeah. enough yeah 
So, so on that note, how is uh, your TikTok profile going? <laughs> I don't have it. Actually, I do have a TikTok. Oh, <laughs> oh, the no. hospital made me make a TikTok. And I, they, they were asking me to log into it the other day. I was like, I can't find the password. And then they were like, oh, do the password recovery. I was like, nah, I don't have the app installed on my phone. And then they were, they like, fucking, they were like, yeah, you need to post this. I was like, I'm not downloading TikTok onto my phone. Yeah. <laughs> my my um, brother's like, he's he's like a streamer. Like, he He's always been mad into computer games. Yeah, like was sick. He's had a couple of kids and then he's finally decided I'm going to set up a channel and start streaming and every time I see him at the moment he's like have you got a fucking TikTok yet and he just keeps having a go at me for not having a TikTok he's like you're missing an opportunity no, you're missing you really an are opportunity. Right. yeah no which, which I agree with but I just not the numbers man it's that's why I think it's an interesting thing to talk about so like you have got a TikTok but you're not actively using it I don't use it, it act- no mate I, I'm fucking terrible at using social media okay, yeah. I'm horrendously bad like it takes all of my conscious energy to do like <laughs> one Instagram post a month <laughs> So like to try and get me to do TikTok is just not going to happen. But what, I, what I would suggest yeah, is yeah. honestly, it's worth downloading just using it uh, on like a, an interactive side, not posting. I like, mean, Harry, don't I post know, stuff But the thing it. is, just use it to for me. I just yeah, yeah, we got it. I just got don't yet, like spending so much time. Like on so, yeah. I don't know. I like living in the real world and I like mm. being in nature and I like fucking like having headspace and like not looking at my phone screen like it, it already sucks me in enough like I don't yeah. want to have yeah. something Agreed. else that's addictive that's one yeah. of that's fair enough yeah. so this is my, yeah. part of the reason why I actually don't have TikTok because it's like I, I already spent I know I spent too much time on Instagram already Yes, like, so, yes. I, yeah. I do need it at some point, especially because we're working from home at the moment and stuff, you know, so like I'm sat in my room or the living room on the computer, emailing, Zoom, and then suddenly, oh, I've got to make music. I'm just doing the same thing again in the evening or smashing walls and whatever it is I'm doing, there's a screen involved. So it's like just yeah, adding another layer of that. Yeah. To my life, it just feels like, well, like they're all designed to be addictive. Oh yeah, yeah. like they they all like trigger dopamine. They all the, want um, you to come in. It's called the slot machine theory. Isn't yeah, it, yeah, Instagram? exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I watched a mad Netflix documentary, and I can't remember what it's called. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's like so. Obviously, TikTok is has just been designed, and it's the most successfully addictive app. Yeah, that's why it's so popular. It yeah. was the social dilemma. Was that's the documentary it, the you're one. talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If there's one thing we don't need in our lives, it's more dopamine. <laughs> I think everybody's had enough dopamine at this point like <laughs> to be fair. very short term reward with very it, basically it takes ages to replenish so you get a short term shit high it's like it's basically it's it's like uh, terrible it's, cocaine. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's literally it's pub grub for the general public. <laughs> so yeah, I mean I only ever use TikTok when I'm outside having a cigarette or a joint. I mean, yeah, that's literally already, it. But already so, but, that though, you've, you've already got to learn behaviour there, mate. You're no, like, no, no, but absolutely. But then, how much time do you have TikTok? <laughs> I will never, no, but I'll never sit down on the sofa or sit in the studio and open TikTok. Because you're like, we'll revisit this so in a few months. If you don't smoke, well, that's well, no, why no. I then kind of go, I, I understand why no, you don't Jack. want to get it. Because if you get it when you're just sat on the sofa, now every time you're sat on the sofa, you will get it out. No, but Jack, what you remember is, what you remember is when you're sitting on the sofa or sat in the studio looking at another screen. So it's like the one time you have no screen time, I have a Oh, right, yeah, yeah. No, sorry, I'm not talking about specifically the screen time. I'm just talking about the TikTok being so addictive. Somebody who was transitioning from cigarettes to a vape. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like you know, uh, I, I try not to use my vape yeah. inside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Speak to him in six months. He's like, yeah. So I take my vape every three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting one, man. With the whole um, TikTok's a mad one, yeah. Because I've seen some DJs actually use like who's the guy? Mozzy, is it? Yep, Mozzy, Mozzy, Mozzy or Muzzy? No, not Muzzy. No, Mozzy. Mo- M-O-Z-E-Y. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he is smashing yeah. it on TikTok, right? 
Yeah, yeah, like absolutely. Like, so there's a little sound in it from, yeah. from what I hear. Mike like, Kiss, Serum, like Serum's got really interesting content. He just shares a lot of like his own dubs. He puts up little like him messing around in the studio, playing some records he just dug out. Like I just, I think it's like, it's just like story stuff, isn't it? It's yeah. just like Jack, are you working for TikTok? Absolutely Be honest. Not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not at liberty to say. What do you think though? Because it's like, it's like you can spend all this time and effort and everything building up these big like social profiles and all that kind of shit. Yeah. But like, is that actually more important nowadays? No, absolutely not. But, no. Because well, like, in my opinion, how, yeah, if you put good music out, if you like just fucking get your head down, make good content, make good music and release it, you will get noticed for releasing good shit, regardless yeah. of if you've got fucking 100 followers or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you put a banging tune out, people are going to be like, shit, the tune's really good. Yeah, so I, I totally agree. And that's kind of the yeah. ethos that we try to take ourselves. But you can't deny there is a route to having a successful career by doing the other shit. Of, of course yeah. not, like, yeah. You, there is there's no argument. For me, you can be successful. And it obviously, success is determined differently by different people. There's different metrics across it. Like, it very much feels like you're more like, no, long-term, I want to write a body of music that is remembered. And like in 20 years' time, I can play a tune from Unglued and it's like, this is still good. Versus, you know, trend hopping and like doing all the content. Yeah, building up it. a lot of followers, yeah. getting a lot of bookings because you've got loads of followers. Because I agree, like, you know, this longevity game is obviously what it comes down to for, for, for I think, for both of us, right? Or for all of us, I'd say. Um, yeah. But, but at the same time, I've seen people go from relative obscurity to massive by riding the social media wave. And it's like, can I criticise them? I don't know if I can. I don't no, think you it's can't about... criticise yeah. them. Yeah. They're just yeah. hustling. They're just <laughs> yeah. doing that. Like, and yeah. fair play to them. Because yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't yeah. have the effort to, or like the... the motivation to do that because it is a fight a lot of effort mate pumping no, fucking bro, posts out bro, every day is, and all that is. shit man also, it's like, a grind I just don't think people are that interesting to be like posting stuff every day like if I posted something every day on the Galaxy Instagram or my own Instagram it would just be like oh yeah I'm in my flat like, yeah, <laughs> I'm watching The Office US for the seventeenth time. How know, much like, content? Can you, you know what create? I mean? Like, how much can you create? Like, I don't know. I man. think you're interesting enough to like get a you know reason, reasonable post or story out a day if you really put your mind to it. The fact of the matter is, the amount of effort it takes for you to literally flick through your photos, be like, oh, I've got to post like a gig photo or find something, yeah. which affects you probably the angle you're coming from, which is what I struggle with. I'm just like, I haven't posted something for a week, and I'm like, I know I need to, but. You know Do I need well, to? Yeah. No. You, know, you know the problem as well, yeah? Instagram awards people that reg post regularly, right? The algorithm basically designed to like keep yeah. you like, it's called like uh, reten retention something. Like <laughs> I can't remember the name of what the word is. Yeah. But anyway, like if you constantly post, they'll basically expose your content to more of your audience or whatever. So it's yeah, like, Instagram's got no interest in us promoting our music. So it the just wants is, us posting so problem, and people using their apps. So That's I was going to say, so the problem is, yeah, like we'll like, for, I just did a post about our new merch race, by the way, which is out on Friday. Um, <laughs> and like, so we, I posted it, yeah, and I've no because we've not, we've not posted on Instagram for like I think two weeks or whatever like or three weeks or whatever I've noticed that the engagement for that post is like lower than Dead. it should normally yeah. be because it hasn't rewarded us for like if we had posted every day yeah yeah, which is why you had the whole social media campaign thing before release. Like, it, it's the whole thing's nuts, man. It, it is mental. But then I don't. I swear, mine it don't work like that though. Like, I just don't post anything ever unless I've got something interesting to post about. Like, if I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna fucking post a picture of me in my studio, like. Or like, I'm going to post a gig lineup. Like, no one cares. Yeah, the gig I mean, the gig lineup. lineup I mean, is, you know, if you're having launch, you should probably post that. <laughs> yeah. It is your album launch. Yeah, but also, gig lineups. Like, there, there are people that want to see you play. Oh yes, I would oh, say, no, yeah. I'm not saying that. I just, yeah. I just mean like, like if you, I think like little and often, like if you just put up 
really sick, really interesting content little and often? Is that not better than just spamming people with shit all the time? I agree, oh, yeah. Wait, well, I'm, I'm of that do mindset. Know, do you know totally. what? I think personally, I think what we come to the conclusion with here is really you should play your social media however the fuck you want to play your social Absolutely. media. And the fact of the matter is if you want to play yours like that, that probably works for you. And the way that you know, everyone else does theirs, works for them. Like what John said, it's like, you know, people can shoot to this fame very quickly through that and that works for them. But personally, I sit here as somebody who, you know, it's fucking taken me ages to get where I am and I'm still not where I want to be. And like, I've been about for a long time. People go past me all the time, but I'm still aware that I've built a relatively good foundation and I'm proud of the foundation that I've built. I might not be, you know, doing it full time or making the P I want to make or you know, doing tunes with everyone that I want to be doing tunes with or, you know, necessarily, you know, be 100% happy with the like where I'm at in my journey currently. But then that keeps me kind of hungry for it at the same time. And one day I'm not, I know it will pay, hopefully pay dividends because I, you know, you, you couldn't get rid of me. Right. <laughs> Put it this way, yeah. Put it this way. Ricky Gervais wrote The Office when it was 40. Yeah. That is mental, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. there you, you go. When you think about that, like, yeah. there is no substitution for just, like, graft and that like, grind and really hurting your craft. Of course right, in the office is slightly, it's, it's a bit more of a benchmark than me just trying to write one banger, though, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, bro, you wrote, you wrote one banger and it's sold over a million streams, man. It was, it was on with me and on his label, so, you know, yeah. be grateful for what you got, bro. <laughs> I think that was, that was actually kind of my initial point, really, was that I am grateful for what I've got and the whole yeah. point is, is, you know, different things work for different people and you know we're in an age where you know social media is it gives you it, it can give you that level up if you're willing to put the work into it um, mm. but it doesn't take anything away from you know I, I think you know talking from the perspective that you were do you not almost have more respect for the people that don't do that and that you you know like probably see on a similar level to yourself where like oh, I just like their music and I, I'm paying attention to what they do because of their music, not because of their Insta game. In it, yeah, really, that's kind of the what I think I respect the most. Like people that you still pay attention to them, not because they're like throwing shit in your face all the time, just because when they put stuff out, you're like, oh, okay, that's actually really interesting. And, mm. and like that kind of like makes me more hooked than people that are constantly like spamming shit all the time, spamming shit all the time. Whereas like it's like the same thing as like if you put a fucking tune out every week yeah no eventually people are going to be like oh, I'm bored of unglued tunes like he put, yeah. he's put what like 50 tunes out this year whereas if you put like two sick releases out a year people keep it's like people are hungry for it people yeah. want to it's listen quality to quality over more. quantity innit yeah yeah no I totally agree man I, I, I think with, with the social media stuff if, if the way it works for you is posting higher quality more interesting content stuff that like me and Harry literally had this conversation a couple of days ago where we were like, we just kind of need to like put a little bit more personality into what we are talking about on social media because otherwise you're just posting the same kind of stuff and nobody cares anymore. Like, yeah. people get bored. Do mm. we find it interesting? Nope. So let's switch it up. It's and weird. Like, and the the thing is, even the fact that we have to have it, like, the thing that kind of makes me sad is like... The fact, the fact you even have, have those conversations. conversations. Yeah. I mean, like, for me and Harry, it's because it's two people using one account. Well, so we same, do talk same, about same it. Same with like, me and Tom. Like... I really like when, it, like you said, like when I do Instagram posts for Galaxy, it's like I really think about it and I really like put effort into like thinking about what I'm posting. It's like it shouldn't really be that way, but I guess again, it's another output from you as an artist in a way. Yeah, so you're it's ensuring like, quality. You kind of have to putting. do it, yeah. yeah. And like I think you're making the point, like you know, like ultimately you just want to write music and like whatever, like do play gigs, or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. It's 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 just how the game is now, isn't it? 
This is how the game is. But, you know, give it 10 years. People might not care about social media anymore. Mate, that'd be amazing. And people might Because it'll all be wired into Everyone the, listens the, to it'll Jungle just be again. straight into nah, their Because of the COVID vaccine. Because of the COVID vaccine, we're all going to be in the Bill Gates' system anyway. Mate. Yeah, exactly. You know <laughs> we'll all be in the fucking 6G yeah. wireframe environment. The Matrix and that. You know what I mean? What else should we talk about? Well, the next thing we know, the next thing we have to talk about is the infamous bootleg because that was kind of the start of the yeah that kind of yeah. kickstarted the unglued era. Yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, you know, I'm, I I like to feel like I'm a part of this story. I'm not going to lie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a big You're part. The first person to ever play <laughs> ever it. play it out. Yeah, yeah. that was mad. That what was what that was egg, 2017, I think. You but, got you got you got shouted out a lot for that, didn't you? Uh, yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> you got in loads of trouble. We can yeah. talk about that as well if you want. Yeah, well, yeah come on then. I want to hear about this. You don't know about this. I probably you do, but you probably about tell me when we yeah. lick up in our front room a while yeah. back. So yeah. Well, that's so this boot there. Just to clarify, did you make this before you had signed to hospital? Or was it after you had signed? That is after I signed. So like, I signed to hospital, um, and I like the name on glue didn't even exist. Mm. Like. I barely even made drum bass. Like they just liked what I was doing, and they and they were. This like, was Dan mastered your house tunes, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. That Dan mastered yeah, one of my house tunes. It, I just sent him it. some tunes for him to master, and he was like, "Yo, these are really sick. Do you make any other stuff?" So I just sent him a few bits, and then they were like, "Oh yeah, this sounds quite cool." Like stayed in contact with him a bit, and then obviously at that point, like lit a fire in my belly because I was like, "Shit, hospital records are fucking interested in me. What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "Right, here we go." So I just got my head down, just fucking cr- like grind making tunes for ages because um, I was always like I can't make drum bass I suck at making drum bass and then I was like oh they actually like hospital records actually like what I was doing so obviously it can't suck that much mm. so I just like proper grinded on it um, and then yeah eventually they were like yeah cool we like all this stuff that you're making we do want to sign you so I signed to them um, I did like a few gigs like like first on the lineup like when the doors open for like a few gigs, um, uh, I released that bootstrap bill tune. Yeah. Tune. Yeah. And then I went traveling with my girlfriend, Zamphi. We went to like all around the world, went to like Philippines, Australia, New Zealand, um, like around Southeast Asia. And while I was out doing, like, I made the bootleg before I went traveling and I sent it to you and like a few other people and they were like, yeah, it's pretty cool. And then, I went traveling and then I was in like the Philippines or some shit and I had like no internet because like they don't have internet a lot of the places there. And um, I got back to like one of the airports and got on the Wi-Fi and I was tagged in like a thousand videos from fucking, <laughs> from New Year's Eve, from London Electricity playing it on New Year's Eve. Loads of people tagging me and shit and I was like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Like I yeah. didn't really understand what was going on at that point. You know the maddest one? Yeah, it's like when we played, so we played it I think about a month before that in at the Egg. Yeah. And like someone took a video of it, obviously. And then they basically tagged us as like everyone thought we did it. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, we got a few followers off that. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna lie about that one. Yeah, Galaxy, we kind of elevate a little bit because because everyone thought it was us. Do you reckon there's still a few people that think that's your tune? Nah, like obviously now everyone knows, isn't it? But like it was funny because the first few weeks everyone was like, "I was like Galaxy, Galaxy uh, bootleg, high, high contrast, like bootlegs, mad, isn't it?" Like, but to be fair, like I honestly, I remember playing. I remember that night, man, playing it. Like the reaction it got was just. It was the first time anyone's heard it. It was like, it was absolutely insane. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, basically someone took a video. And then, yeah, I think that Ketflix and Pills page, which is like a half a million followers or whatever on Instagram, like they posted it. Yeah. And that's when it just went Yeah, like, like spiraled up. Yeah, it was mad. And then, um, yeah, we got a very strongly worded email 
from uh, hospitals like don't play that tune. But did it? I think it's because it got a reaction. Because I think they basically want to do a thing with it. They want to make it into a thing. And they wanted to okay it with high contrast. Because they saw how well it done. They saw how well it done and were like, cool, we can maybe make it into a thing. I get it. Were you out of interest trying to show going like that at this time? Um... Or was it like sort oh, of the transition just before think, that maybe? We were playing a spearhead. I don't like, think you were. I think you were solvent. Not that still. I think that matters like either way, but yeah. it's just clearly like an artist who's not a hospital artist has this banger that like yeah, if they yeah. were thinking about doing something with it, then of course they're going to try and lock you off playing it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> by the time they came to release it, it'd be like, well, we've heard Galaxy play this tune a thousand times anyway, so yeah. who cares anymore? So, you know, yeah. to be honest, like, playing that one time was enough, man. Like that was literally that one video did that went Sick. absolutely crazy. Love um, that. And then basically someone else, another big page reposted like three months later. And I think Hospital thought we played it again. Mm. It was the same yeah, video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we got an even, strongly word, an even stronger yeah. word and even like, stop playing this tune. And we're like, we ain't played it. That's the same video anyway. You know, it's it's one all, of those, we can all laugh about it now. It's all good. <laughs> it's one of those ones that back, back then, there were very few tunes that would survive the test of time where like pre-release, you could get away with like, every DJ hammering them for nine straight months, mm. then release it and expect people to still care. Yeah. And so for that bootleg to do that, because it did, like it was, was it easy, like a year and a bit people waited for I that release. I was so bored it? of hearing people play that tune, not going to lie. <laughs> I was literally I, 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 like, I'm not surprised, man. I don't want to hear me. this song anymore. Like, it's like a love-hate relationship, obviously, because like I, it's like basically built my career. Like I wouldn't be, no one would know who I am mm. at this point if I didn't make that tune. Pretty much. And without Galaxy. I might have like a few thousand followers <laughs> and without Galaxy playing the tune, obviously. Oh, don't give him that one, man. <laughs> <laughs> All the time he's like, oh, I've built your career, Rich. Like, Shut up. I'm a career maker, bro. That's oh, what I do. Oh, mate. <laughs> career faker, more like. Yeah, that's also fair. That's also fair. I mean, Jack, you can relate, man. You did a bootleg. It's done well for you. <laughs> yeah, but no, I can relate in a sense that like I, I'm sick of hearing it now. But like yeah. I understand as well that like there are still people that want to hear you play it, and I'd feel like I'd be doing them an injustice if I didn't play it in a set. If yeah. that wasn't the factor, I would I would have stopped playing that tune because for me, yeah. I'm kind of the novelty is worn off, and and I'm I'm kind of bored of it now. Jack, Jack but, I had one mix at High Rise of a day, Metalheads, yeah? yeah, and like basically I'd been emceeing the whole day. We did two sittings, and the second sitting, I was like, let me have a, let me have a mix to like our zero T AI. Um, and both members of Scar and I sort of drafted Loki on a little um, B2B for like, the last however long I was like come get involved because he was like yeah, um, yeah. He, he was about and he was like hanging with all of us I was like it'd be rude not to obviously he's like Metalhead's veteran in it so he got him involved and I was like let me have one mix in it because obviously I like love having a mix and that was all I'd done and Loki just cut to me he's like you just shut them all down with one tune <laughs> the place just went fucking Bro, that nuts tune, that tune still and, yeah. and I obviously like to play old school rhythms and whatnot, but like yeah I just I just in, I just like this tune's gonna gonna pop and I said to Zero T and he's like fuck I was gonna play that he's like I'll let you have that one and then literally like someone come over I think they all like tried to wheel it up and it was like this like, epic moment man it's like honestly I've got a very fond memory of that yeah, he realised suddenly yeah. he's been doing the wrong thing for the last 20 years Oh, yeah. like, should have should have been doing the one man band show and actually earning money yeah <laughs> but now, like, so the thing I was going to say about the boot like your bootleg is what's been great is that you've actually followed up with like an even stronger catalogue of music because I think that could be mm. oh yeah for a lot and I don't know I've said a lot of artists but you know some people have that one tune that one moment where it's like that is the pinnacle and it's like you know that's what everyone knows them for but like I feel like I mean do you feel like at this point unglued is like you know yeah, the bootleg's part of the story but like there's, you know, you've just fucking smashed it with other chains. Yeah, that's been my goal for a long time now is to like make something that 
like is so everyone knows me for that tune mm. but I don't want to always be known as like the guy that did that high contrast remix yeah. do you know what I mean I want people to be like oh yeah Unglued made that album Unglued who did that other Unglued tune you know what I mean not just like oh yeah that remix Yeah, but it's like I think I'm getting there. Like you're how, already there. Yeah, no, 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 you have from this album. <laughs> this album is oh, it. Let, let him talk. He might not feel that way. He might not feel that way. Let him talk. I'm getting there. But I, I don't know. Like, it's in terms of the music, obviously, it's all opinion, isn't it? Some people are going to say, no, your album sucks. I love the high contrast remix. But, uh, and in terms of like numbers, I probably won't ever make a track that streams more than yeah, the fucking if like, we have a remix. That was crazy. Wasn't do you know what it? I mean? So, so yeah. it's like, what what metric do you measure by, what metric do you measure success by? By like the headsy, this is cool music or by fucking streaming or by physical, do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. mm. well, this goes back to what we said earlier, Choose your right? poison. So yeah. It's like, it's because what we said Full earlier, circle. like, you know, the people that build their careers of more like a social media personality, like their metric is very clear because it's like, they literally get the feedback instantly of like, you got this many likes. Whereas I think when we're doing what we do, like making a niche genre of music, it is a niche genre of music in, in the grand scheme of things. I think that kind of, yeah, that respect from your peers, that kind of like, you know, that almost like folklore-ish level of like, oh yeah, during that tune from 15 years ago that I was like still doing bits or whatever. I think that's, it's almost immeasurable in a way. It's more like a qualitative thing, but for me, it's massive still. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I kind of almost prefer things like that that are unmeasurable. Yeah. Because like, I think there's something quite, poisonous about measuring success by a number mm. by like how many likes do you get how many followers do you have like it's an actual quantitative figure of success which for a creative output which Doesn't, yeah for yeah. creative is not it's not a good thing yeah but like yeah it's like oh how many followers does fucking caliber have on instagram yeah like, like fuck all it, but it doesn't he's matter, probably yeah. one of the best biggest DMB producers of all time. Yeah. But yeah. he has like fuck all social media following. So it's, you know it's I mean? that's mostly because he'd never really bothered with it though, innit? So yeah, that just yeah, goes exactly. back to but that's what, Josh's that's what point earlier, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm trying to say. Like, yeah. how do you, if you're just measuring success, like, yeah, it's like, well, how do you, how do you measure your success? And they're pre the internet, there wasn't, it was just like the heads. It was just like, was, to be fair, they were selling mad. Oh yeah, they were yeah. Selling, selling a lot These of These were doing yeah. one EP and buying a yard. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, what's that? 15,000 copies of this volume? Yeah, no problem, mate. Yeah. Yeah, abs- yeah, that, I mean, the night was a good time for record sales, but I yeah. hear it's, but that's because again, it was more the quality of the music rather than like, you know, promotion. It was like, people just love this tune. They heard it in a club. I want to yeah, buy a natural organic yeah. word of mouth the, the funny thing about this conversation is obviously we talk, we started this with like the bootleg and you know that whole like angle that you you know however you went about that like fine like wicked you know it was a success it was great but it's kind of funny because if you look at what you do with your own music you're almost the sort of polar opposite of that because you have your own style you're you're very you, you pay homage to the roots like which actually I suppose that bootleg in a way did because that you know that high contrast tune was quite old and it was a classic in its day but like you've really hold your integrity and your character and like f- within your music from what I've seen and you really do pay homage to like kind of classic old school drum and bass jungle which I think is very important and it's like people sort of look at bootlegs as like the total opposite to that and it's like yeah, you're like sort of le- leeching yeah. yeah it's cliche you're leeching off someone else whereas actually you really I know you never people never mean it for that it's just a bit of fucking fun in it like let's yeah. all relax and just have a bit of fun with it but I think what's really important about 
your journey since then is that you have really represented the, op- the the polar opposite of that in my eyes and you've done exactly what you've wanted to do and you've really held your integrity and you know you haven't played into the stereotype of what well, a bootlegger like, no thank you yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah coming back around to the album the thing I like about it when you listen to that album start to finish it's like I mean your last single one okay the second class single was a chain called Hardcore it's basically a hardcore yeah, yeah, the yeah. best yeah. title ever that how many like, <laughs> especially you know what? It's, yeah, it's the combination of what you're doing on the label you're doing it on as well because Hospital is the biggest label in drum and bass, right? And it, you know, is big dance floor, maybe normally like vocal driven, like big dance floor tunes. Yeah, yeah. normally the, more accessible. Yeah, do the best on that label. But like, here you are doing a hardcore tune and like, you know, making it work and it's a, it's a single and people were loving it. Like, yeah. I was really surprised by that track, like, because it's quite a curveball. Like, I wasn't, I made that tune for me because yeah. I wanted to put it on the album because I like that music and I yeah. didn't think anyone would care. I thought, you know, like, there's always like track. 11 of the album no he's a like, shit about track 11 no, no, no one yeah. cares like yeah. it's down there like <laughs> only like the true hardcore, yeah, fan, the like, hardcore fans like ever listen to it so yeah I thought it was going to be one of them so we put it out as a single and like I wasn't expecting it to get a reaction but yeah it did people yeah. seem to really like it I think it's just because it's something like a bit different yeah. trying to do different shit I think your album brings up a lot of those different influences like the, the, the tune we did a video for that's like basically an R&B tune like yeah. R&B tune over like a jungle like a jungle beat is sick man like I reckon there's quite a few probably like ignorant drum and bass fans that don't really know what you're about as well like correct me if you think I'm wrong but I genuinely think that people that haven't done the research around you and probably like you know like oh the boot the bootleg guy or oh he's on hospital like you are so kind of unique in that um like in 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 the in the sense of that that label basically like you are really you're quite a unique artist for what they're putting out I've, kings of the rollers as well like you know there's a lot of liquid artists they're, they're smashing it at the moment really because there's a lot of variety in what they're doing like i've got respect for that and they're like you know got lots of different styles within their label which they're pushing but you are quite you're probably the most unique one I would say personally that's or, that's uh, my interpretation I would say him and Bop are probably the two that are like yeah. yeah because they're completely different like yeah. completely different something I was interested in is like do you think your style would be the same if you hadn't signed for hospital do you think you would have got to the same point you're at now oh that's a hard yeah that's a good question um, nah it's part of my job mate I think I think so. I think it would be because I don't give a fuck what hospital think pretty much. Like I just do what I just Can do, you tell? I just do what I want to do. Like yeah, yeah. I just make tunes. It, obviously it gets A and R'd, but yeah. like that's a collective process. Yeah, so like yeah. if they really don't like something, they'll say. they'll say no. And like if I really like something, I'll I'll put it in there. Like we've both got the power to to veto things. You'll fight it, yeah. But like they've never said like to me, you need to make this or do you know what I mean I just do whatever I want like my A&R process is very 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 loose like mm. yeah I the A&R process is basically like that okay you've got uh, the deadline is in a month uh, let's, let's listen to the pot tunes and then we like pick from them there's not like oh yeah we want you to make a, a dance floor tune because it's going to make you really successful you know? Yeah, I just yeah. do what I want to do well, that's, that's good, good to hear, hear. That's good to hear. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean correct me if 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 you think I'm wrong, I think that's a common misconception that yeah. that labels like tell artists, oh, you should mm. write this kind of thing, and you should do it in this um, certain way. I think. I mean, my experience. Yeah, is yeah. Very obvious. So very much here's that. what I'll say. Carefully, gentlemen. Yeah. No, no, here's, <laughs> here's what I'll say about that. I think artists who really have quite a strong artistic direction don't need a lot of A and R. So 
you, for example, have had your style's been pretty set, like from pretty early on. You and Harry, pretty strong artistic direction. Like you know what opponent Bryson like direct. Like you, you guys know what you're making. You've got your niche. Mm. I would say me and Tom to a certain degree have that as well. Mm. So I don't think I think for labels that kind of works well for them because like you know just they want to help you just get better at what you're doing. I think for artists who kind of come in a bit unsure, they're very talented, like they're talented producers, but you know, direction wise, they could go either, they could go any direction. I think that's where labels A and R will basically be like, now nah, we're going to see down this direction. Mm. I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a secret. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing either. Maybe, I don't know. No, but would, do you think a, a label would sniff around an artist that hadn't even kind of shown any sign of, a direction, a creative direction. Listen, man, you run a label, you tell me. I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I was just, I was just throwing it out there. I was curious. You caught, you know. you caught him out there. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, this is this is this is my house, <laughs> my area of expertise. Answer your own question, then, Jack. Come on. No, I would argue that you wouldn't sniff around an artist that hasn't already kind of begun to show signs of their own creative direction, their own identity. Yeah. You would know, only what, sniff around if, artists. Not even if you like received, you know, a promo like cold off of like, you know, someone who who's not well known at all and they send you, let's say, you know, between one and three tunes and either, you know, they're all bangers or they just send you one tune and it's sick and you think, right, this guy can really produce. I don't agree with you on that. I reckon you blatantly would if you if you liked it enough. We've what I'm saying is we've signed individual tunes off of individual artists when they've sent us a pot of five, but it's because the pot of if if, if I didn't like the other four, I'm I'm not interested in them. But the one tune that I took, I would. But in terms of exclusive signings, okay. people you're asking to work with and and work with you again, yeah, I don't turn around to them and go, yeah, yeah, write write a four track dance floor EP after you sent me that one dance floor tune. Like, I don't turn around and go, no, 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 you can't put a techno tune on there. You can't put a liquid tune. You can't try. Like, mm. go for it. Do it. The thing like, is, that there is, there is a certain element of like, yes, like that's a good thing. <laughs> but also like, you don't, you also want things to be coherent as well though. Like, mm. yeah. an, an EP or like an, that's an album. EP's different because you can kind of go a bit mad with EPs. But I yeah. think with an album, it needs, again, have a, it, needs tick some it needs to have a DNA though. Yeah, yeah like, it's got to have a thread that yeah. runs through the whole thing. Yeah, if yeah. you started making like, if three were like liquid, like caliber-esque liquid tunes and you suddenly did like a dimension-esque tune next to it. Yeah, and then like and then a which, hazard fucking jump up tune which, And then a techno <laughs> tune. You're like, what's going on here, bro? I'm like, which pro- which exactly, which exactly, <laughs> which proves my point exactly. That you need to have a common thread with an artist before you even start sniffing around and saying we want, we'd like to sign an That's EP or an album That's the one thing I think like in terms of drum and bass albums, like I think a lot of drum and bass albums are just like VAs. Yeah, like they could just be a VA yeah. album. Like, my my top best tunes. It's, it's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like yeah. it's not like um. It's a story. A piece of music. Yeah, it's just like, a glorified big EP. Yeah, pretty much, and that's what like I really struggled with when I was making the album. Like for it to be a listening album because like for me all the albums I, I, I got, I'm a fucking hipster I listen to vinyl like, <laughs> like, all the albums that I listen to like I've got a record player I put on an album because it's an hour long and I'm going to stick it on and forget about it and listen long to it long player an L long player <laughs> so like an album is something that you can listen to from beginning to yeah. end and it's in the background or whatever but it plays the whole way through and it's coherent and it's like one piece of music mm. Where, and I think that's kind of lost in drum and bass sometimes because people are just like, I'm going to put 10 bangers on an album and it's going to yeah. be 10 fucking bangers. Yeah. So that's, but, what the, that's what that whole single format release thing has kind of 
kind of shining at the moment, which I know for the better or for worse, but like, you know, a lot of people are putting out albums as like just 10 singles. Yeah. And like, it is a thing that works again that kind of plays into that whole algorithm thing, but... And the I, 11th I, single is just compiling it onto the album on yeah, release day, isn't it? Yeah. It's just the 11th single you didn't release. Yeah, but I agree. Uh, for me, an album should be like a, a continuous story or like a whole... Here, here's Rich about to mention his album for the seventh no, podcast. No, no, no. In the wings, bro. I, I avoided it last time, so I'm going to avoid it this time around. I actually just wanted to say that you're you're an old soul at heart, and I I, I like I like that about you. And yeah, I think Cheers, I think bro. that's that's a good thing to have. And from someone who ha- has a very similar opinion to what you just said, and misses the days of being able to just press play at the start of an album and it coherently run to the end and be like a journey of, you know, what whatever the journey is, it's still, it takes you from A to B and it's a beautiful construct of music but fits coherently together. There's a lot to be said for that. I think we need more of that in drum and bass. That's I, what I, I think agree is special you. about listening to music on vinyl though because like you put the needle on the record and you just let it All play. Way, yeah. mm. Whereas nowadays it's like, skip, I skip, don't skip. like this tune, I'm just yeah. going to fucking press the button and skip it. And yeah. like, oh no, I don't skip it. Do you know what I mean? Whereas like, you can't really do that on yeah, vinyl. So or, like, or you let the app play you whatever it wants to play you based on an algorithm that is figured out what you like and what you yeah. don't. Which, yeah. don't get me wrong, it's a sick feature, but that is the world we're living in, isn't it? Yeah. Discover Weekly. <laughs> I, already, I already Discover Weekly. No, 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 no. That's my point. So do I. But <laughs> it's, you know, that is kind of the opposite to finding an album and then oh, playing yeah. it the whole way through it's like you're literally letting an app pick music to play you like which what obviously the... has its advantages I'm not knocking it yeah. I'm I mean saying. not gonna lie I found some sick tunes on no, like, s- Discover same. Weekly yeah. like, I wouldn't have found that if it Spotify didn't 100 it I'm not I'm not dissing Discover Weekly because I do think it's a sick feature and I, I, it's one of my favourite things about Spotify but I'm just saying it is very opposite to you know playing an album from start to it finish it makes it a lot it? less special like when you find something in a record shop and you're like, how many people have heard this before? Mm-hmm. Like, and you go on fucking Discogs and it's selling for like three p. Like, no one, there's like two copies of it on there. Like, no one's fucking heard of it. Yeah. And it's like, wow, I've found this crazy tune. Like, there's a history behind it, and it's mm-hmm. much more personal and like special to you. Whereas when you're just like, so like impersonal. Yeah. On like Spotify. What was the last and, album and, you listened to from start to finish? Out of interest. Um. <clears throat> Donald Bird, Places and Spaces. Sick. He's been sampled a lot in drum bass. Yeah. Donald Bird, yeah. I sampled him on the album. Oh, there you go. You're not supposed to say that. <laughs> that, you mean, that, you mean, that you mean the sample was replayed? I mean, yeah, I didn't sample yeah, him yeah, on the yeah, album. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spotify gods we'll, we'll, we'll beep that one out. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's your favourite album to listen to from start to finish? Oh, Jesus. Have uh, you got any that you kind of go back to? My like favourites? Um... Uh, Mm, there's lots for like different reasons I think a lot of the Calibre Shelf Life albums mm. I really like uh, there's a Leon Vinehall album that I really like that's like house album which one? Um, he did, his new stuff's quite like mad isn't it? weird yeah. shit it's kind of like <laughs> it's weird it's like cinematic I listened, to, I listened to it for like 20 minutes and I was like is, are any drums going to come in? <laughs> yeah. like, and they're all like, I swear he's called them like names of like, you know when like, um, with class music, it's like we had the numbers at the end of it, it's like, like a sonnet or not, what's the word? Someone's going to fucking call me out on this, but like, there's like a name, like a classical tune when they do like pieces of it and it's like a one and two and three version of that tune. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's done that with his album. It's like, 
like figure one and stuff. I'm like, what yeah, was going mate, on? it was weird. It's like you know when like you're trying <laughs> yeah. to be too cool. And yeah. it's like, it just doesn't it was, work. Yeah, you're just coming across as a twat. Yeah. Tango. John Hopkins' <laughs> Immunity. Yeah. That's probably Singularity one of my favourite well. albums, actually. Yeah, John Hopkins' yeah. Immunity. That album's yeah. fucking crazy. So, in the grand scheme of things, then, this Unglued album, you feel like it's going to be... Yeah, you think it's going to be up there, standing the test of time? <sighs> I don't know. That's not for me to decide, is it? Nah, you're right. Like... We'll see. Can you listen to it now? Now that people, you've finished it, people might not even care about it because it's fucking COVID. People, yeah. they'll just scroll straight past it, and there won't be an album launch, and there won't be anything. <laughs> <laughs> It'll just be <laughs> off into the ever. <laughs> Don't say that, man. I need that booking. Nah. <laughs> I disagree, man. I think given the timing of it as well, even if twenty first June doesn't happen, it's twenty first of July. Like your album is such a good, like a. It's such a, like a nice energy to it where it's like a feel good. It's like a lot of feel, weirdly with you because you make quite aggressive music sometimes. Mm. Like it's quite a good, it's like a lot of feel good factor to it though. And it's like, you know, it's like old and soulful like chords in there and stuff. And it's like ro- the shit like the roads in there. And like, mm. I, I think it's the perfect, I actually think it's the perfect album for coming out of lockdown, you know? Like, yeah. Think about how Summer it sounds. Vibes. Think about how it sounds. Man, that fucking, the tune we did like the video for, what's it called? Way Back When? Way Back When, yeah. yeah. Bro, Summer Anthem. But that like, tune's about missing raves. Yeah. Like about not, because all, all the tracks on the album are made from like, um, like they're about a certain moment in time or like a certain memory. So like uh, Springs and Things is like my memory of Boomtown, like that, that memory, like trying to get that into a tune and like um, Iknusa, the, which is the name of the beer from Sardinia. Southern based gang. That is my... Fucking that, knew I recognised that name from somewhere. Yeah, bro. You know about the Ignus with the lemon touch in it. Ignus the little, Limon. Yeah, the that's Limon. The v, that's going to be the VIP. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a sick idea. That's actually a sick idea. Have you spoken to um, Mitch Blue Jay about this? No. He's, he's going to... Do, do, do you know him? Yeah, Mitch Nusa. Yeah. He's going to be like fully gassed. And so will uh, Hayden from Ill Truth because that's basically their nickname for Mitch Blue Jay is Mitch Nusa because he, <laughs> he literally loves that beer so much. Pretty Who sure doesn't ha- love that beer? Hayden got him a towel that was like with oh, the yeah, logo, no, yeah, like that. for his birthday with the logo of the beer but like they changed the text and it said Mitch and like how do you pronounce it then? Mitch News. It's Ignusa. Ignusa. Yeah. yeah. So Mitch Mitch Nusa like that. <laughs> it's literally like a personalized towel. Like that's see how that, militant they went. See with, with that it, beer. Right, I genuinely think if you drank that beer in the UK, it, it would taste it would like taste, shit. Yeah. Right. Oh, it's yeah. where you are, man. It's just because you're on a beach. It yeah. tastes so good. Yeah. I don't think it even tastes that good to me out there. Oh no, bro. We're not really ramping with it. Now by beer number ten, it tastes fantastic. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Beer number ten. Beer number ten or cocktail number one. Just right, on right the then. beach, just like this is the perfect yeah. beer for the perfect time. Beer number ten, I'm in bed by then, mate. <laughs> yeah. But you also had a uh, Sardinian sunrise. Yeah, that's yeah. On there, isn't yeah, it? like they're all moments in like memories of things that have like inspired me to make a track. So like Ignusa was um, DLR back to back ulterior motive in the gazebo. Right. Probably the best set I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. Set, I came home and I was like, that set was fucking unreal. I need yeah. to make a track that like reminds me of that set like that moment in time yeah, yeah. and like that's what the whole album is inspired by what was the old name moments. of that tune you had such a funny project name uh, for that tune. Dockland Intention Dockland Intention because that, that was... it was DLR and Ulterior Motive yeah like Dockland so Dockland Rail Ulterior Motive Intention, intention. such a sick name <laughs> intention. such a sick name <laughs> 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 right, can, we, like, can we just talk about that set for like one second though because that I remember me and you walking away Mate, from that being yeah. like 
That was insane. It was ridiculous. Like, it was in, in the gazebo. They did two that night, I think. They did one outside and one in the gazebo. Yeah, I'm going to say that's, that is the best set I've ever heard in my life. Like, Bro, it's, for it's... that type of, like, um, like bass-driven energy drum and bass, mm. fucking, it was just crazy. Yeah, that's, it's, in, it's in my top three for sure, like, of all, best sets of all time. I don't think I was there for that. I, don't I think, think I was with you two when we watched Jube in the... Um, well, in the gazebo as well. Yeah, that yeah. was a year after, wasn't it? I think yeah. this was the year before, I'm pretty sure. Is this like, yeah, well, this was like 2017, that, yeah. was it the first year? Was I think it might have been the first year we went, yeah. Yeah, fucking my, unreal. I think my first year was 20... No, nah, you were 2018, I'm pretty sure. 18, yeah. 18 and 19 were the only two I did. Yeah. I only ever did two days. Yeah, you missed that, man. That I know, I know. Stop it, stop it, <laughs> stop it. I didn't realise we'd have to wait another fucking three years for another sign and bass. Yeah, you, mean, you, <laughs> know, right. you know how I feel about that festival, man. That is just... Uh, I know, yeah. heaven on earth. Yeah. So, seeing we're talking about sun and bass, like, what was the stuff you're going to hot John out? Nah, there? wait. <laughs> let's before we get there. <laughs> Listen, well, you know what? He already, he already hotted me, yeah. Bading into the bush. Mate, on his promo... <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, I, nah. that was going to be one of mine. Bro, <laughs> on the promo for um, our tune, Algorithm, yeah. you don't remember what he did to me? You stuck that photo. Oh in yeah, the I video. did. <laughs> so it's like a minute-long video. Yeah, he was, he was like, "Oh yeah, Algorithm Galaxy, Ungry Galaxy coming out, whenever." And it's like a video, like a cool, like visual thing. And then the last five seconds, it's just that image of me in that bush. Passed like, out in a bush. Passed out in a bush, like six minutes. That's the classic uh, John Galaxy impression of Homer Simpson. Yeah, the Homer Simpson. Yeah, 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 yeah. He backs yeah. into the hedge. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was the image for the group chat. I mean, it's not while. difficult to find messy pictures of John. Yeah. yeah it's no, like every picture of John I've, is messy. I've actually got one lined up for his birthday when he oh, doesn't know about. No. I just, just need to remember now. You should print it out onto like a flag. <laughs> <laughs> so we had Ignusa, Sardinia Samurai. What are the other ones yeah. for you that are like special? Um, what in terms of like the the moments? Yeah. or like places. Yeah, they're all like places like um, South by West. That's like this a proper is one field I'm keen good. on. This is my favourite one. On the that's album. like inspired by my best mate's coffee shop. In a weird way, like the the sample is called coffee, Kofi, like K O F I, um, and yeah, like. The, I don't know, it's just like inspired by like his influence in my musical tastes and um, that coffee shop. And like, I used to just go there all the time. We'd like listen to jazz and like hip hop. And like in the morning, like before work, I'd go get coffee and just we just chill for like half an hour and just listen to listen to tunes. Um, yeah, this that's and then way back when was obviously like um, because they're all inspired by moments or like gigs from whatever in the past way back when is like the tune saying like can we go back to the times that we felt mm. the sunshine mm. and Esther smashed the vocal now yeah it? she's insane man she's, she's so talented so talented man her voice is just unreal yeah. like literally <clears throat> pitch perfect like I didn't there's no pitch correction on that track at all like I just put her voice Bad. in and I was like okay yeah that sounds good <laughs> that is done <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's mad sometimes when someone some, some sends you a vocal so perfect, like a recorder with a good mic and a good room, pitches on point. It's just like, I'll just add a little bit of reverb and it's just like... Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of multi-band compression, yeah, boom, done. easy. Yeah, I know certain people are like, Jack Worth is going to hear this and be like, no, that's not how you mix down tunes. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to Sunday three times with you, I think now. Yep. I've, I've only been three times. I yeah, think with yeah you. we've had a villa the whole time. And one thing that has been, one of the highlights of living with Josh for a week in Sardinia is this man can cook. 
This man. Oh yeah, no, I've heard about this. This man in the kitchen is crazy. It's a Mazzini. Yeah, we yeah, because like, we tried to organise like you were going to cook a big chef dinner and everything, and then I think like it all just. No, we, we, cook, we all just we did cook a big dinner. We cooked well, big dinners like every night, pretty yeah, much. We yeah, we did. No, I think when I was there, because I missed out on like the the like one of the uh, evenings where you were going to do it. I uh, think we were all going to go for drinks and dinner around yours, yours, and then we ended up just get ordering a pizza or something from somewhere because of how late it was. Yeah, yeah we maybe. did a few. We did a few big dinners. Yeah, but, um, I out. So what, I guess the question is like, if you weren't doing music, do you reckon you'd have a food? Like, would you reckon you'd pursue career in food? Um, it's. Working in catering is fucking hard work, man. Mm. Like ridiculous hours and ridiculous hard work. I love cooking food, but and I love like making people happy by creating things. I think that's why I like music and I like cooking. But uh, yeah, geez, that, that's hard work. Like, mad respect to anyone that works in the catering industry because it's just like long hours for like very little rewards. Like, it's hard work. Mm. Like, people are nagging me to like go on Master Chef. Like, Tom's told me like a million times, like, bro, go on Master Chef. Bro, go on Master Chef. Oh, jeez. You ever met Steve Survival? Yeah, I actually met him before I went traveling. Like, one of my first gigs for hospital before like anything has happened mm. um, he had a little food store on the hospital shops and like I've probably like fanboyed him I was like bro I fucking did, love your tunes bro did, did bro I fucking him? love your cooking bro can I get a photo <laughs> did you watch him on he's Master sound, Chef he's so sound yeah I watched him the he's, whole way he's actually a really, he's a good, really good nice mate of mine man yeah yeah uh, he's yeah, he, fucking G bro I've only like, met him that one time okay. um, and yeah he's just really not you know I think it says a lot about someone's personality when you you have no status. You're you're just a fucking anonymous no one, yeah. And they've got time and respect for you to have mm. a conversation with you, to listen to you, and like they've got time for you. Like it says a lot about it says a lot about people's personalities about how they uh, how they treat people that they perceive to be like beneath them. Do you know what I mean? Like if you if you are just kind to someone because you're just a kind person, I think that says a lot. Like if you're just rude to someone because you think they're a nobody like that says a lot yeah he he's one of the most down earth people i've ever yeah, met in my so life and he's a very honest and humble human being like he doesn't he would agree with you he doesn't really un, I, 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 you know correct me if i'm wrong steve if you if you're listening which he won't be <laughs> <laughs> he'll, be out, he'll be out taking photos or cooking food because he's just got better things to do with his time he's just he's exactly <laughs> like genuinely that's like you know he's He's on the creative shit and, you know, doesn't need someone fueling his ego or anything like that. It's not about that for him. It's just about, you know, in, enjoying things and creating stuff and, you know, meeting like-minded people through that, I think. He's, he's fucking Gmail. I can't speak highly enough about Steve. And yeah, if you haven't seen The MasterChef, definitely go back and check it out because he comes across really well on TV, man. Yeah, I watched the whole thing. Oh, right, yeah, Didn't he come like, he came third or something? He was like second, second Yeah, he was third. in the final. He's in the yeah, final. Yeah, yeah. Second, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people were actually, it, there was like mass uproar about that online because they were like, that he should have won Mate, and the other chick should have won. Yeah, yeah, he's he's mad. And um, yeah, we tried, to, I tried some of his food at that food store and it was fucking banging. I went for a studio session around here not too long ago and it was just like, yes, we need to do more shit, more studio <laughs> shit. Not to do music, I just want to come and eat food. <laughs> but like, yeah, man, he's, he's doing loads of like pop-up stuff. There was a dude actually um, who did a, who I think his missus bought him the Metalheads tasting menu thing that, I don't know if you see Steve do that, but he did a big Metalheads thing and he he named the dish, all the dishes after tunes and they yeah. were, it was fucking crazy, man. They're like, the creativity behind it was nuts. 
And I think some um, like female drum and bass fan whose boyfriend was like mad into drum and bass, she like paid for their anniversary to get Steve to come to their yard and cook them like that for that's two. Sick. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's mad. Obviously, it costs a fair bit, but he was like, yeah, I was just running these two randoms yards, like just cooking them the metalheads tasting menu. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> that is sick though. Yeah, proper sick. Mate, yeah. if, you, if you're like interested, genuinely, he does loads of shit, man. You know, I don't know if you know Lecter, but he used to be like... He's an actual chef. He's an actual pastry <laughs> yeah. chef and like worked yeah. for uh, Jamie, Jamie Oliver for a while and like loads of fucking big players and every time Steve does a thingy he, he helps him out so he's always looking for like helping hands and stuff there you, you go Josh up, right? well, um, it, I, it's one of those things it's like it's on the bucket list you know yeah, I'm gonna yeah. go, I would do want to go on Master Chef at some point and uh, yeah I might do terribly I might do good who knows but it's just one of them things I reckon we're going to get there. Listen, wait, wait, wait till you're like ready in it. Then yeah, you can like exactly. You only get up, one like, chance. Like, yeah. that's the same thing with like um, the whole hospital thing. Like, I was making tunes for years, sending tunes to John, like Tom. Like, I was making loads of shit, but I never sent it to anybody because I was like, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to put stuff out there until I'm ready. You know, like, you only mm. get one first impression. So make it a good first impression. Mm. Like Eminem said that. Eminem chance. I don't know, Eminem. Yeah. Unglued said it, bro. You only get one chance. Was it? You only get one chance to blow. It's like that. Unglued said that. Come on, I love that energy. You, you, you talk about lose yourself. Yeah, fast. lose yourself in it. Yeah, yeah. Nat, miss your chance to blow. Yeah, that's it. What is your general opinion on foghorn? Um, like it was, it was cool and interesting at first. And then when everyone started just copying each other, like it gets a bit boring in it. Mm. Um, but like, obviously there's certain people that make those tunes and they bang in the rave. Like they're popular for a reason because they sound fucking sick on a system. Mm. Um, but it just gets boring when like everyone is trying to copy the latest thing because, they think that's going to make them successful. Mm. Like that's a bad way to try and build your career. So it's like, it's interesting because like, when I was thinking about this podcast earlier, I was thinking like, you know, like topics we could talk about. Something that was interesting with you is because you don't quite fit into a box, like stylistically, you kind of, I uh, see you on different types of lineups that kind of, you know, you'll get put with the jump up guys or the foghorn guys. Um, or, you know, you can just so easily be on like a hospital lineup with like liquid people or whatever. Like, do you see yourself more on one side or the other and is there like a direction you'd like to go more towards or is it just like you're just happy being this guy that kind of can't be you can't you can't you can't categorize me man enigma yeah <laughs> you can't work me out man yeah I don't know I like all drum and bass I've yeah. always liked all drum and bass I haven't I haven't ever been like I'm a liquid DJ or like yeah. I'm a dance floor or I'm a jungle DJ do you know what I mean like I like all types of music and that's why I like in my sets I play all types of music like I might drop a few jump pop tunes I might drop a few jungle tunes might drop a few liquid tunes. You know what I mean, like, um, so I think that's kind of why I do get put on like loads of different lineups. And also, I just mostly read the crowd. Like, yeah. I'll just play if I'm if I'm at like a hazard and hype night. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to just start playing galaxy tunes. Do you know what I mean? Mate, you should edu- edu- educate educate the masses, bro. <laughs> to be fair, you know, you say it, yeah, but like I remember once, yeah, like my first. First that was second ever time I played Fabric. I got put on a lineup with like Magistrate and Lemon D. Not Lemon D, Magistrate and um Nikki Black Market. And I was like, what the fuck am I gonna play? I think I just played like 15 break tunes and then left. But like but yeah, like it was a mad one. I was like, I can't play any liquid here, man. Like, yeah. Have you ever been like squeezed in between two weird kind of other other DJs on a lineup and kind of just 
I don't pay that for much what attention. What the fuck am I going to do? <laughs> I don't pay that much attention to it. I just play what I want to play. Yeah. But like, obviously, like people have paid money to come and watch me play. So I'm going to play whatever I want to play. Mm. But at the same time, if I'm playing tunes and people are just fucking standing around like, we don't like this, I'll, yeah. I'll switch it up because yeah. I want yeah. people to enjoy yeah, themselves yeah, yeah. and have fun. Like, obviously, you want to take risks and you want to do interesting, different things when you're DJing. But still, you're there to enable other people to enjoy themselves. So if people aren't dancing, people aren't enjoying themselves, like you're doing something wrong. Yeah, my yeah. biggest regret with your music so far, mate, is you didn't leave that original sample in that. Um, you know that folk country you made? Oh, yeah. You know the original sample you left in there? Uh, the Jurassic Park. No, nah, it sample. was like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm so upset to leave Why are we there. still talking about dinosaurs? <laughs> it's all back. back to dinosaurs. It's all come back to dinosaurs. <laughs> Let's segue out of dinosaurs. <laughs> now, nah, wait, we need to get the Jurassic Park sample. <laughs> yeah, honestly. He put this in before the drop here. I was like, you need to. You know, to I actually sent this version to, like, to people. And, oh, there's no internet in here. Um, I actually sent this version to people this is the version that I put on Instagram as a joke and people, and people still think it's serious <laughs> but, but I can't get it to load but basically it's in Jurassic Park um, and the geezer's like that is one big pile of shit before the drop it's people so, still don't realise I was taking the piss it's so funny man Honestly, <laughs> it's because like that kind of DMB is meant to be fun in it. So like, yeah, a lot yeah. of people wouldn't think that's piss like because someone could do that for, seriously and it would you know yeah. go off. But like, I'm not cussing anyone out on that. I'm not trying to like fucking slate all foghorn producers because like I just having fun. I with still it. like exactly. It's like on my album, I've got a track called um, "Make Rollers Roll Again." Yeah, I had an interview with UKF, and they were like, "So, um, you need to." You need to talk to us about this politically fueled track title, and I was like, "It's not political. It's just yeah. like it's You're just, just the, fun. yeah." I like drum and bass that has rolling breakbeats in it, and like there's this new wave of like rollers, which are basically foghorn tunes. But like when you used to say, "Oh, that tune's a roller," mm. it meant like it was a rolling drum pattern. Yeah. Mm. Whereas now that means like. My jaw is rolling off my face. Resonant bass in it. My jaw is rolling off my face right now. John Galaxy, son and bass. <laughs> John Galaxy, son and bass. With your jaw rolling, rolling off his face. <laughs> I, I do love that track title, but I think hardcore is my favourite one. Just because it's not hardcore. Like, yeah. Yeah. I love it. I, I love is that the a play on Super Sharp Shooter? Is that a really stupid question? Um, or is it not? Kind of. I don't know. I just that's just what I called it when I was when I was high and I made that I, tune I and it. I was like, "What can I call this tune? It's a hardcore tune." Oh, H D A T R T E. That'll do. The best See, thing I'm... about it when you find it on Spotify is as you're like reading through, if you don't know it's called that already, you're you're literally doing it in like the super sharp. Shit. <laughs> you're like, like H D. You're like, what is what does it actually spell? Like, I got one excited. I was like, shit. It's, it's, like, like, oh, it's been in a few like um, playlists for like, repre like like represent and stuff like that. Mm. Like they tag you on the Instagram thing and there's like all these like serious titles and it's like unglued that it's like three lines long <laughs> it's the longest title on a track yeah. do you know what I'm really curious uh, curious about have, have you managed to get any sort of like big radio support like not I'm really. really I'm really keen to hear Annie Max spell that like oh, sorry read that yeah, track Annie, title yeah. out for yeah. example like, she played that tune didn't she, um, nah, she did, no she played something else of yours didn't she she recently? played a few like my old um, Total Ecstasy she played that uh, yeah, yeah. she smashed that tune low she played it like a uh, Loads of weeks in a row, like six weeks in a row or something. Okay, now, but um, she now nah, this album so far hasn't got any big radio support. Like uh, so I thought far. way back when would 
it's quite accessible because it's kind of an R&B tune. Mm. So I thought that might do well on radio. I think it, um, I think that's gone on represent. But uh, yeah, no, it hasn't really got any like traction from like big radio DJs or anything. But then it, it is kind of an underground. Yeah, I was going to say, how much, how much I, value I quite you, like that. Yeah, how much value do you put on that though? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah, exactly. That's it. It's, it's not who the album is. I think you, you, if uh, the right people will get behind it and, and shit, mate, that album's had, I think we've had this. one play for Manny Mac in our total career and it was really nice to see it. Don't get me wrong. I don't think we have. But that's because you make crap music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Uh, do you know what? I'll take that, John. You're a prick. <laughs> <laughs> I think the whole thing you said about you wanted to make an album that stood the test of time. I don't think that if you're getting like an Annie Matt, if Annie Matt played every single one of your tunes on radio from your album, that album ain't standing the test yeah. of time, is it? <laughs> like it's the it's the short term glory shot, isn't it? Like yeah. it, if it is a bit more underground and it's maybe not getting that attention, sort of the best the best albums in the in the sense of um, you know, the, the way we're we're speaking as like standing the test of time kind of do slip a bit under the radar at the start, don't they? Mm. It take a bit longer to understand. People take the time to study it, research it, fully dig into the depths of it and fall in love with it effectively you know yeah. it's not something in, instant love isn't isn't the gratification you know that, that's that's, that's, that's the dopamine hit you're talking yeah, about yeah, before, it's, yeah. it's, it's all come full circle yeah, it's a social we're, media hit that you know yeah. is is not sustainable I really, think is sometimes it? when things slip under the radar it's kind of better long term as well like you were saying mm, yeah. I remember I was reading an interview the other day and um, uh, Break was saying that his album his first album Symmetry on Symmetry like mm. he said he like that went quite under the radar for him and like he didn't think that it got much reaction at the time which is mad because like when that came out for me I was like fucking hell like blew my mind I was like fucking hell I love this album <laughs> but yeah it's just it's funny how as a, it's, it's so different from artist perspective as it mm. is from like the consumer perspective mm. like yeah I don't know you're never you're never satisfied are you? you're never content like even if like it's really successful and things do really, really well and whatever. It's still never enough. It's like insatiable. Like you always want to do better. You always want to be bigger. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna definitely fly this flag because like all of my music has slipped under the radar. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like, I'm hoping what we're saying is uh someone's gonna is, tell is him some truth someone, in it. Someone gonna tell him or what? Why is the tons of the rage? Oh, I'm just being mean. You no, you're just being a prick again, John. Stop, stop being so mean. Don't try and jump on my you, own cussing myself. If you say, say, you say you're being shit, yeah, someone's got to react straight away. away. Otherwise, this is really awkward. It's like, ooh, that's, that's awkward. Yeah. Your, your album sounds to me like it hasn't been written by somebody who's trying to appeal to the people that are after a four-minute dopamine hit. Your album has been written for people that want to listen to an album. Well, it sounds like his album's been written for him. Yeah, but like, yeah, but like people like-minded, like-minded people like yourself who want to enjoy albums, like yeah. Well, it's like a big, it's a big thing. Like your first yeah. album, it's like a very personal thing, isn't it? Like, it's quite yeah. scary. I kind of been putting it off for like two years. Mm. Like hospital, were like so you want to do an album? I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, next day in our meeting, so you're going to do an album? Uh, no. <laughs> like um, I've just been putting it off and putting it off and putting it off until I felt like I was ready. Um, it's so scary, man. Like, like you said, it's your, it's like it's uh, any like artist or creator, whatever. It's your first like major milestone. It's like, like your having, little baby in it, exactly. Having, and it's like a small piece of your soul. Yeah, you're packaging up and literally putting out for like feeding to the wolves. Yeah, 
It's yeah, it's, it's not. It's, it's actually the way it's described. That's perfect, to be honest, man. I just like, thought that sounded like every Friday and Saturday night I've had for the last twenty years. <laughs> Small pieces of my soul fed to the walls. That was nah, dark, you, Josh. You, nah, he's completely right, though, man. But yeah, like, no, course, it's parts of your soul you never fucking get back. You spent two years working on the pissing yeah. thing. Yeah, but everyone I know that's written an album generally their first album they've looked back and said, "I'm so glad I did that because it's like." Oh yeah, it has that special place in your heart as well. Even though it might not be the mm. best sonically, it might not be the best mixed down, whatever. You always look back at that first album and be like, "That was like the rawest version of like my music." And then like you know, like it's a part of the process. I think it's yeah. it's part of identity building and identity kind of discover, like discovering what who you want to be and what you want to do with your music and where you want to go and and how you want to change things, like how you want to switch things up. I think an album is the best opportunity and uh, quite frankly, the most effective op- uh, way of achieving that. Like mm. if you want to find out. Where, where can you take your style next and what can you do? It yeah. allows you to develop like yeah. on the fringes of what you're capable of. Because exactly. like, if you're just making EPs, you've got to have a banger on there. Do you know what I mean? You've got to have one tune that's like a, the banger. And one then, vocal tune. Yeah. yeah. You know, so whereas like when you're doing an album, it gives you an opportunity to like develop those strange little yeah. things that you're making that never Dude, see the light of day. Like yeah. Experiment. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Which well, you wouldn't get away with that in a short form, like piece no, of not a four track EP. I think yeah. uh, the there's people that would appreciate it, and I think yeah. there's people that would consume it. But the average person, I think, understands that you have a ser- like a sense of separation between album projects and all other forms you of like, though, like release, like EPs. And so I think there's one label that I think is frequently trying to switch that up, North and that perception that's the North Quarter. Exactly yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like, fucking... Ten tracks, or like... They're kind of, they're kind of albums, but they're like not... Yeah. Yeah. But like a Red, Eye, Red Eyes yeah. t- 12 track album, but that every album. track, every album's like three tracks. Yeah. Oh, sorry, every track is like three tunes in it's one. like a hip-hop like, and a drum bass. Yeah, thing. like... sick, man. Yeah. How do you make a three-part album that isn't two and a half hours long? Yeah. And don't, wouldn't appeal to the other... Oh, you just condense it all into... And like, it just gels so beautifully. That's why I, I, our last EP was six tracks, and I really like, I really enjoyed them, actually, because mm. it means we could do yeah. like, the garage thing or whatever. Like, it's like, that's like a nice yeah. opportunity to switch That was up. literally like one of my favourite tunes that you've made. Yeah. I, I fucking think, love you know that same, tune same for me so and Tom. much. Same for me and Tom, I think. I think that's genuinely like, that's definitely one of the favourite tunes we've made, man. Like, it's just fun. Garage is just, just spitting drum bass, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's just spitting drum bass. Garage is it? fucking sick. Yeah. yeah. I find that quite frequently uh, a lot of people say that some of their fav- like, uh, favourite tunes from producers are the non-drum bass ones. Mm. Yeah. Like my favourite Spectre Soul tune is Ish Chat off the first... Uh, off their Delay, first no album, more. Delay No More. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's my favourite tune. It always has been, always will be. To be honest, off that album, there are like five alternative bangers that are like yeah. just fucking... I mean, that whole sick. album is just gold. Oh, mate, that's in the top five. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. It's no pressure Ridiculous at all for album. any artists, is it? <laughs> when you look back and like oh shit 1984 for you maybe yeah, I mean like, we did our more, debut before like, uh, we did our debut before so we jumped on least, Shogun so we were alright you're probably like the top 50 best uh, album they've dropped isn't it ah probably top 50 yeah how many how many albums they released like probably 49 four, probably 49 yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the maddest rider you've ever seen? The maddest rider I've yeah, ever seen? Yeah. Uh, you play with some big boys as well, so I want a good story here. Uh, there's no pressure. a few. BC's got pretty mad rider. He has like a fucking cheese board and red wine. Oh, I love that though. Um, That's all right, yeah. Who, whiny, used to have like a pretty crazy rider until 
we told him he needed to get rid of it. He had like a selection of crisps, a selection of fresh fruit, like a selection oh. of sweets, like, <laughs> okay. and he never fucking ate any of it. <laughs> He's just taking it home. I was like, bro, you're making these promoters like buy all this random shit and you never even eat it. That's just his weekly shopping, bro. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's jokes. That the is. worst ones are when you get like massive bottles of spirits and you're abroad. And you, you realise that if you don't drink the entire bottle tonight, yeah, you so can't you take drink it home. the entire bottle. Yeah, so you yeah. end up drinking the whole bottle, but then the next day like you ultimately you problem, regret bro. it. That sounds like a you problem, to be honest, man. Like, just... What, not drinking the whole bottle? Yeah. yeah. Just not share, having to drink Share the, the love. Bottle. Yeah, just, that's, that's what I do, man. I, I, I actually know, yeah. never take Ryder's hand because I'm always going to... Like, if it's, like, it's like that much left in the bottom, so I just give it to someone else, isn't it? Yeah. So I like, just finish it, share man. Love. Like, yeah. Well, it's the greatest ever rave moment you've ever been seen, both as a DJ or as a punter. So you're in the club and some magic has just happened. Or like joke story or something. I think this is the yeah. same question in it. Like something yeah. around of that ilk. Um, wholesome one first. <laughs> I like this. Yeah, yeah. We can have we can have options. Yeah, I like the, cate- well, I like right? the categories yeah, yeah. he's got. Yeah, yeah. subcategories. Let's go. Wholesome was um. Before like anything had picked, like I, I was still just like a raver. Um, I took my little brother Max to see LTJ Bookham at Patents in Brighton. That was like his first ever drum and bass gig that he'd ever been to. And I think probably the first time he'd ever been properly drunk, not going to lie. And yeah, he's fucking loving it. Like I've, he's quite like um, uptight sometimes. And it was just real nice to see him like just let his hair down, just like enjoy himself. That was sick. That's that was sweet. like one of the nicest memories in a rave that I got. Yeah. Um, if we're going dark... <laughs> <laughs> How many you got? Yeah, yeah switch it. How long have we got left? <laughs> Wholesome to the fucking. I saw a dead dark. person at Boomtown. Oh, that was pretty dark. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that, that escalated so much I'm quicker sure than I thought it was going to be. Josh, Jesus Christ. Me. Yeah. Uh, I, I've never seen you two stunned. <laughs> I've yeah, never seen point. by someone I, somebody saying something. I just like, didn't see well. that coming, I'll be honest. I, I, you know, usually we're the ones that are going gunning for the cancel yeah. right. so that, oh, I feel like you need to elaborate a bit more on that like or um, maybe, maybe well, not well he'd obviously just taken too much of something and they were walking past and there was like security coming yeah bad memories Fuck poor it, guy man. damn what about as uh, yeah, a <laughs> rave, rave, rave safe people rave safe yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah, that's mad. Yeah, well, I mean, that's just like, where do I go from there? Um, <laughs> can, can we brighten the mood? Have you got any like funny ones? Like, yeah. Oh yeah, sorry, we, we haven't fulfilled <laughs> all the categories yet. Yeah, yeah. All the colours of the rainbow. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, we need, um, we need to end the lighter funny, than that. Funny rave. I imagine Australia tour with Wiley, oh, yeah, Dex shit. and that. You must okay, have yeah, some the, funny shit, man. That Come was, um, when we played in... I can't, I can't remember where it was. It was too, I was too drunk every single day, but... Yeah. Um, we played the gig and then we went to the casino afterwards and they were like, we didn't bet. We just kept going up to the bar and buy, like get drinks and just like walking around pretending that we were using machines, just like fucking pressing buttons and shit. Just like <laughs> drinking all the beer. <laughs> like they obviously knew that we weren't like gambling at all. We just carried on drinking. And then the securities was like, yeah, you need to get out. And we were like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're just going to go over here. And like, we, we just carried on doing this for like half an hour. And then they were chasing us around. It was literally like Pac-Man. Like, we're going <laughs> between all the fucking machines and shit. <laughs> uh, oh. That's quality. 
I can. I'm just imagining you all just me standing and around this machine, yeah. like, pretending we won something. Twat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Will's there, like the mum, like stop doing that. Will yeah. Keno's like stop doing that. <laughs> oh no, Keno gone to bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! All right. Well, I laugh, but I realise that I'm the fucking Keno in our like yeah, <laughs> on our, is, on our weekends away, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. I am always the fucker who goes to bed first. This is why for the Shogun tour, I'm going for you not to go if I'm going. I want, I want Harry to go to more fun. <laughs> I don't want you coming, John. Yeah, Tom, Tom can go with you. You can do your 6am runs and shit. Yeah, bro. <laughs> You're going to go for cycles. Tom and his like, oh, 6am, let's go for a run around the yeah, mountains yeah. and that. Mate, we're like at Sun and Base. Tom's like, going we for runs at Sun We and get base. home at like 6am from the night out and Tom's there in his Lycra. Like, go for a run. <laughs> bro, how are you awake going for a run? Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> guy. Fair yeah, fair play, but also allow it. <laughs> You're on holiday, bruv. <laughs> so we do obviously relieve a section at the end for you just to plug whatever you want to plug. I feel like it's going to be a very obvious thing for you to plug, right? <clears throat> what have you got coming out? Uh, so my album is coming out soon, Interplanetary Radio. Um, I've got my album launch at Studio 338. Hold tight. With a load of other sick DJs. Some shit ones as well. And some shit DJs. Some awful ones. <laughs> and some shit MCs. Yeah. And some awful MCs. <laughs> <laughs> he won't let me get away with that one, was he? But also, also SP's playing as well, so you know, some good MCs as well. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> the, source, well. the Source and SPMC. I'm looking forward. That's going to be... Oi, that's going to be levels. First time ever. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So yeah, keep an eye out. The album's out 25th of June? Uh, yeah, something like that. I think it's 25th. It's two weeks time. Should we have a look in the calendar? Well, I think it's 25th. It, it will be like, hopefully just after we drop this. Yeah, probably. so maybe it's already out, maybe it's not, but whatever. Yeah. It Go. is the 25th of June, yeah, the Friday. Yeah, if it's so, already out when this podcast is out, just listen to it. It's a bad boy album. You won't be disappointed. Yeah, smoke a, smoke a blunt, put your headphones on, listen to it from start to finish, boom. There you go. There you go. Boom. Well, this has been episode what more seven. What do you need? This has been episode seven. Thank you very much. Big Mr. up, Josh. Josh. Blue for coming down. Thanks for having me. Pleasure as always. Let's go get a beer. Let's get some food, I think. Yeah, boy. Amazing. Cool. We'll see you later. Bye. Safe. Peace.